Let's get it. Let's get it. Welcome back to another week of Four Takes and Fuel. We have hit the road. We are virtual this week. I'm Ethan. Alex. Chance. And I'm Colton. We've got the triple header in Darlington this week. We've got um, Eddie Bros. Great interview. Coming all at you. But before we get into it, here's a word from one of our sponsors. This podcast was created by four guys that met at a local dirt track and created a lifelong friendship between the four of them. Located in Sterlington, Louisiana, Mojave is a dirt oval that offers kart racing for all ages. Age groups start at 5 and go up from there. If you're looking to get into dirt oval kart racing, you can find them on Facebook at Mojave Karting Complex. Definitely a family environment that will build memories for a lifetime and you never know who you can meet and the friendships you can build and we're proof of it. Yeah, we're proof. And uh, just go check them out on Facebook and we hope you guys enjoy. Are you looking for a high-quality, more affordable clothing brand for you and your race team? Look no further than Sublimited, that's S-U-B-L-M-T-D, as they offer crew shirts, hoodies, racing jackets, leather and fabric, full-body racing suits, and much more. Fully customizable kart suits start at $4.99, as well as fully customizable SFI 5 racing suits start at only $9.99. For more information, contact Laura Pender at 601-934-4073, where you can find them online at sublimitedapparel.com or on Facebook. When you reach out, be sure to let them know that we at Four Takes and Fuel sent you. All right, boys. Well, I missed last week. I um, I was a, I was one long ass week. Not gonna lie, but um, you know, excited to be back on. How was uh, how was last week for you guys? It was, it was, it was pretty good. Yeah, pretty busy. Ethan, explain to us why you were in Colorado. We talked just about this on last week's episode, and I was trying to explain yeah, it, but I, I couldn't heard explain it. it. Yeah, I heard it. I heard it. Yeah, I listened to it this morning because, you know, you know, Monday mornings are the absolute worst for uh, any podcast listener like us because there's absolutely nothing to listen to, and you got to wait to – you got to hope and pray that Denny Hamlin's podcast comes up on Monday or else you're stuck till Tuesday with not shit to listen to. Oh, so, yeah. um, no. So, yeah, exactly. Excuse me. So pretty much what I do is, um, you know, I'm in I'm in operations right now. Um, I'm under a project manager and the region that we're in is the mountain region. So we have projects in Denver, Phoenix and Tucson. And last week we took a trip to Denver to go look at a couple of the job sites we had out there, had a couple that are closing up here soon. And met with the general contractors, met with our guys, got everything squared away. And that was, we left Tuesday morning at um, four o'clock central time and got back at, uh, I landed at midnight central on Thursday. So pretty much Friday morning. 
Yeah. Yeah. I was supposed to land at nine and I landed at midnight. Did you have to go yeah. in the office Friday? No, we work we work from uh, home on Fridays. So Yeah, you're right, you're right. Yeah. Uh, and it'd be so, pretty cool if you go to Phoenix um, in uh November, huh? Um, believe it or not, I'm actually trying to think of, I'm I'm trying to wedge think that in my schedule. In I, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, right. hell, you know. Well, you I mean, better, like, uh, buy them I went, tickets now, because that should be sold out. I mean, we went to the we went to the playoff basketball game last Tuesday and bought the tickets Monday night. Uh, you know, just like on a whim. Yeah, yeah. So, so I went down to uh, BJ's this past weekend, and then the track was actually really good. Uh, me and TJ drove up. Mojave ended up raining out because uh, it was Lake Mojave, not racetrack Mojave. Yeah, they were boat. They were uh, what? Yeah, they literally they were going to be boat racing down the front stretch. How many races yeah. in a row has this been? Too many. Three. Yeah. Too many. Three. And it sucks because, man, I, I know Josh wants to race just as bad as we do. And he's yeah. putting the race. He's not even racing. He's just putting the race on. Uh, but hopefully they catch a break here soon so we can finally get back on the track, man, because I really, really enjoy Mojave. And it's the closest thing for us to race. So, um, But we went down to BJ's. Track was actually pretty dang good. It's still near the Vegas. It's What's not that? quite. It's not quite the closest. That would be a Turkey Creek. Is the closest. Oh, that's true. That's true. That's true. Yeah, I. I they just reopened, so I forgot yeah. about it. Um, but we went down. I went help Jacob and Ricky at BJ's, and like I said, the track was the track was actually really good. Uh, still needed a Vega tire, but it packed really well. And uh, that needed a Vega. Yeah, and it it was it was it was good getting done, man. They they were running nine sevens. It was it was pretty quick. Uh, you know, Jacob Jacob started fifth and uh, finished third and light. He had a really fast piece, just ran out of time. Uh, and then Ricky Ricky won't. What's that? Talent two or just just time? No, it just ran out of time. Like ran out of laps. Uh, okay. And then Ricky won super heavy, so that was awesome. It got the LTO rolling, man. That thing was that thing was the roll speed in the corner was ridiculous. Uh, and then Jacob goes out for heavy, starts third. Uh, somehow, I, for the features, I didn't touch the tires. All I was doing was wiping for the features. I I don't know what happened. It, there was a miscommunication, but the right front didn't get bolted on completely. So <clears throat> he had a loose right front for half the race, and then we hurried up bolted the thing back on but they sent him to the back and uh he came all the way from like 15th to fourth in like i think three or four laps so we were gonna we were probably gonna win um light but uh just a miscue on putting tires on but overall we had a lot of speed and it was really fun just to be back at the racetrack and so me and TJ didn't get home till like three o'clock in the morning and had to be up for church at like eight. So I was dead all Mother's Day until we got to drinking. Yeah, I was about to say, <laughs> boy, you you didn't seem dead to me. Yeah, no, we, we did. Bro, we, bro, we, whatever, Larson, Rack, that man busted through that door. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> No, so we did our annual Mother's Day crawfish ball we do at the house and it was it was it was a good time and I always get to drinking a little bit too much when all the we all get together and have a crawfish ball and I was a little upset. It, is it really just set. crawfish balls though? No, but it's uh it just happens co- coincidentally every Mother's Day on the crawfish ball. 
the crawfish boil was the crawfish happen. was bust. Yeah, was man. Bust. Things happen. As always. Do but, we want yeah. to get into that or do we want to hold off? What? The whole thing with Larson getting taken out. We'll get I mean, hey, I mean, we're, yeah, I mean, we're, yeah, I mean, we're getting ready to roll into this. Because I'm holding the floodgates um, out. I'm holding yeah. that. <laughs> so, so, first of all, truck race. Did any of us watch it? I was like dead no. asleep. Yeah, I watched, I, watched, I watched the end. I watched I'm gonna keep, two and three. I'm going to keep it 100% honest with you. I landed at 7 o'clock mountain time. And if you go back, you know, if you take two hours off of Eastern – you know, for mountain time, I was at the airport for one thirty mountain time and then didn't go to bed after the basketball game until one thirty mountain time, Wednesday morning. So very, very long day. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So then Wednesday afternoon, the jet lag starts to hit me. And then by the time I can fully recover, I'm back on an airplane coming back here. So like when the jet lag finally all hit me, it was mm-hmm. Friday night. And I was, yeah. I was one with the sheets. Yeah. So. Oh, we, we forgot to say though, we're all virtual right now because, you know, obviously Ethan lives in Florida and we record in my, uh, my house, my, my, my little office deal at the house. And uh, I am in Odessa right now, so we have a crawfish ball for our company out here, and so that's why we're all remote. So, but uh, you know, the Xfinity race, I didn't need to watch much except for the end. Uh, it was a really good ending to that one. I will say though, what John Hunter did, he's lucky somebody didn't come by and clean him out. He crossed. No, that video was weird because he crossed the start finish line after he spun out. Like he didn't just throw it in reverse like that. I don't think. No, he did. He spun it and then just threw it in reverse and just backed up, with people uh, still coming down the front stretch. I think. I think. I I only watched the finish that last lap, and man, at Darlington. You- <laughs> I'm not a professional, but we all know from my racing that coming out of four, that straightaway just straightens up, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you're on the inside of the guy, it, when that straightens up and you don't, you don't counteract that or like leave room for that, exactly what happened to him is going to happen every single time. Well, it's not just that it straightens up, Chance. I mean, we all know this. It almost comes back towards the inside so the exactly. outside guys gotta take a left you, you gotta I mean, even go ahead no you, it's just like the way the track is man there was there was no other outcome of what was gonna happen right there other than that I, as soon I'm... as i saw them racing side by side i was like you better cut down and he never did i was like i, I saw that coming you know i mean even even larson ran out of room he got in the wall yeah like so john yeah. her track was definitely gonna run out of room yeah, I mean, where was Lawson going to go? The second row of the stands or what? I don't know. I mean, but, so let's go to the big talking point here. Okay, Big talking point. Well, first of all, Sunday. first of all, Ryan Truex, uh, Martin Truex. Dominates. You know, no, the first I'm gonna get, no, the big talking point being Sunday, being yesterday. Yeah, yeah, that's what we're, okay. we're at. Martin yeah. Truex only raced Sunday, bro. 
Yeah. So Martin Truex, uh, you know, well, yeah. I tra- I was I was me and Chance had a little bit of a discussion. I was like, I mean, you know, I can't blame Martin for going trying to get that stage win with the playoff points, and you know, he's locked in with a win. But say I mean, we're already at like what ten wins or ten winners, nine winners. Yeah. And so nine, you only have you, you only have room for for seven more. And you got to think, Christopher Bell hasn't won a race yet. Uh, yes, he has. He won Bristol Dirt. Yeah. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Well, Ross, you, uh, Ross hasn't won a race yet. Yeah, yeah. Ross, Dennis Ross Suarez, hasn't won. Chase hasn't won. Chase. Bowman's Alex Bowman hasn't won. Um, if Harvick, if Harvick's gonna win one. That that's five. That's five right there. And you know, I could even see maybe Ryan Priest if he has a good weekend because how strong Ryan he Blaney. was. Ryan Blaney. Blaney. That's seven. That's your seven right there. So he needs all the playoff points he can get. Yeah. To uh to to, yeah, but to, to be fair, him apart. But mm-hmm. to be fair, Toyota and Chevrolet are kind of like the class of the field here. Yeah, I mean, look at. Some, I mean, look at. The wind tunnel test was not favorable to Ford at all, and they said they're no, probably I mean, not going to change anything till next year. I mean, look at look at what you know Joey Logano is doing. I mean, everybody, you know, he comes out swinging at the the Coliseum and all in a couple of these other races. But as soon as the new short track package goes into effect and all that stuff, it's like the dude can't even fight for a top ten finish. I will say though, RFK has been very very sneaky lately. Yep. They've been surprisingly slow. probably probably the strongest as far as an organization, probably the strongest Ford organization right now. Oh, you know, I, I, I could see, I could see, uh, you know, Tyler Reddick still hasn't won a race. Bubba Wallace hasn't won a race. Brad hasn't yeah, Reddick won, a race. won a race. That's Reddick won a race. Oh yeah. Okay, yeah, that's right. My bad. My bad. Alex, I need you to get the ducks, ducks are not in a row right here. Okay, so there's at least <laughs> nine more people. There's nine more people to win a race that are at like are like legit contenders week in and week out. So that just puts a lot more oh. pressure to get the stage point. Wow. So I mean yeah, who, wants, who wants who wants yeah. But I just I get it. He was going for it. He probably should have just got the second place, man. But if Suarez wasn't right there, I think it would have been a completely different outcome of that last corner. Yeah, but Ross couldn't even catch him. Trackhouse boys don't give a fuck. Yeah, but it's like Ross entered low and then just drifted to the wall, and as soon as he got on the wall, it was just – Chain reaction similar to what John happened to John Hunter in the middle of the corner instead of coming out of four. Yeah. But, well, you know, and knocked the toe out. He said he got tight after that for the rest of the race and then just never rebounded. You know, yeah, not rebounded right off the wall. The last part knocked the toe out was uh, Kyle Larson hitting the wall. Yeah. So let's get to that. You know, overtime. Front rows, Ross Chastain and Kyle Larson. Ross uh, gets tight, sends her a wee bit too hard. Oh, you got to back it up to the restart before that. Yeah. yeah. Well, Larson yeah, did. Larson did pinch him as well. Too. Yeah, Larson did he it. Just used did it. Co- That's all it was. Correctly. Yeah, he did it Larson correctly. Larson has some freedom right now. 
to kind of do what he wants, if we're being honest. In my opinion. Everyone in everyone in NASCAR, aside from the number one car, has the freedom to do whatever they want. <laughs> to that number one car. <laughs> yeah, the number honest. one car. Oh, Rick Hendrick. Rick Rick had some words yeah, afterwards. No, we're, too. Hey, yeah, so we're gonna I want to get into that, Colton, because of the screenshot I just sent y'all. Okay. But okay. So, so following restart, Alex, give it to us. Yeah, so going into turn one, uh, you know, entry to center, uh, Chastain's getting tight and uh, just goes right across Pop, Larson's uh, nose. Quotations. Got tight. Just, <laughs> yeah, bro, what, you, 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 you just tried to clear yourself. I uh, know. Whenever he was doing the interview and he said, yeah, car just got tight, I was like, yeah, I bet it fucking did. <laughs> I mean, dude, like, you know, you're not even like you, you didn't hear you heard door. And then that was it. You just looked right. I mean, come on. Yeah. Luckily, then, it didn't take Larson out. He could finish the race. But Chastain. I think the talking point. I think the talking point was Larson not lifting. Did y'all see the that screenshot was... of his face when he was doing that? He was laughing. No. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he was laughing. He, you could. I mean, he has a helmet on, but you could tell he was smiling the entire time. Just fucking never. He just driving him down. <laughs> yeah. No, so, but what I thought was what I thought was pretty crazy about the whole thing is Larson declined to even talk about it. Larson yeah. Larson didn't well, make any comments. I think he did. Well, I think he did on Race Hub, but I was cooking dinner yeah, before we you know recorded, so I couldn't watch. But they had Kyle Larson on Race Hub tonight. Yeah, really? he said, so, he, yeah, there, there's a clip on Twitter if you want to go. I didn't I didn't listen yet. I was gonna later. Yeah, I want to so, hear that. So, yeah, so. You know, Cliff Daniels, um, you know, drops the hammer on the radio to Chevrolet that this is the third time in what the past five weekends that the one's Tal- taking him out. Talladega, Dover, Deer, Talladega, and, and Dover. Now. Yeah. So three out of the past four. Okay. And then, and then Rick Hendrick in the press conference even told Chevrolet he doesn't care that it's a Chevrolet affiliated car. He I, says, I, yeah, yeah, I don't care. Yeah. He said, "You're gonna he said, he's get got a lot back. of talent." He said, "You got a lot of talent, but you you make you can't be fast and make a lot of enemies." Yep. Because right. if you so, have too many so enemies, you're not going to be okay. a race. You're not going to be getting a championship if you have that many enemies. So, going going off of Rick Hendrick's comments, Justin Marks was on Sirius, Sirius XM. XM NASCAR Radio today. Okay. Yeah. And said. He's got some things he's got to clean up. We today started a process of more aggressively handling that. So what did it take? Rick Hendrick calling you out and saying you need to roll your driver in before we turn ours loose? Made Justin, uh, made Justin a little nervous. I, I, I told Alex and, and Coco yesterday after I was like, it, it's at the point Justin Marks got to do something. It's time for him to have a talk. Dude, listen, if Justin Marks doesn't reel him in, Rick Hendrick can – Privately fund every single driver's pocketbook to go out there and take the <laughs> one to the taco stand. Okay, it's gonna Pass be the, it's gonna be four. the Saints Bounty Gate. Oh, dude, you're yeah, gonna exactly. get to where Chevrolet exactly. doesn't want to be a part of track house. Yeah, you know exactly. You know, you know what's gonna you know who would be the perfect candidate for him to pay to wreck Ross? Another well, Chevy driver. Nope, another Chevy driver. Ty Dillon. <laughs> no, if you had him try to, okay. you probably wouldn't do it. Hey, listen, 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 
Yeah, the only one's running on six cylinders. <laughs> okay. So, anyway, I was talking with my dad, you know, last night. And uh, after the whole situation happened, you know, I, he and I brought up some good points. Notice who Chastain's doing all this bullshit to. He's not doing it to a Kyle Busch. He's not doing it to a Kevin Harvick. He's not doing it to... Turning to people um, who aren't going to do shit about it. Exactly. Hold, on, hold, hold, exactly. Hold, hold, hold up real quick, though, Ethan. I, I saw, I, I, you know, I just wanted to see everything that, that Ross has, people he's wrecked. He has wrecked Kevin Harvick before. He wrecked him uh, in an Xfinity race at Old Atlanta. Oh, he, no, he did no, it no, that that was Darlington. It was Darlington. It was Darlington with the... Th- yeah, he wrecked, he's wrecked Kyle Busch before and when he was in the 42 at Chip Ganassi. So it's not like he hasn't wrecked these people. It just hasn't been recent. Yeah. Right. I, re- right. I remember the yeah. Harvick no. one very vividly. Yeah, he yeah, literally Harvick... turned down the front, the backstretch. Yeah. He turned down the backstretch yeah. and sent him. And Harvick said in his post-race interview, the kid has no talent. I don't even know why he's out here with us. Mm-hmm. No. That's when he was in the He has Ganassi. no business out here. Right. Mm-hmm. Before, no, this was before, before he was racing that, for Ganassi. No, no, it was Ganassi. Yeah, it was. No, that no, was right it was before DC Solar. Yep, that was yeah. the DC Solar. I was right before all that shit went down. Okay. DC Solar. Because he, he lost his know, ride I, I because like... of DC Solar. That season. Yeah, but well, in the I mean, four Chip car, Ganassi he went didn't, didn't. What's that? I said because. After the whole DC Solar thing, Chip Ganassi didn't field a single car that year. The rest of the Not year, in Xfinity, yeah, yeah, in Xfinity, yeah. He he still had Larson in the car. They never, they never yeah. had another Xfinity car after that nope. ever. Yeah, but but um, yeah, wild weekend, wild wild weekend. William Byron looking like a champion. Shout out to Hayden Deegan though. Hayden Dean locked it. up second place in 250 East Championship points in his rookie season. Well, everybody in the 450 class is on IR, so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, Jay Sexton kind of won the participation winner's championship. Hey, trophy. hey, hey, we don't take anything short of anyone winning no matter how. You might not want to win it like yeah, that, but he still won it. Yeah, yeah, he won it. But. So. Yeah, but uh, let's get and into, then let's get into the end. big news. The, oh, oh, no, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I didn't know. I don't know if that. you had heard about. I didn't. I didn't know if you had heard about what ha- what's going to go on with a uh, kickstart Kenny or not. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's, he's pretty much. Him. It's paying him to. Yeah. So hopefully, my boy yeah, another, get his another series is pretty much paying him to leave. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, we I mean, especially when the series is paying you to go race for him. Yeah, where 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 are we going next week with NASCAR? Yeah, it's uh, North Wilkesboro. North Wilkesboro. Yep, all star race. We don't have to worry about Kevin Harvick. One final ride. We don't have to worry about our fucking fantasy. Yeah, so that should be so, fun. Really excited to see that. Yep. So, but let's uh, let's get in the interview, guys. Without a further ado, yep. Eddie Bros. Eddie Bros. What you doing to, man? 
Oh, not shit, man. Just working. Uh, work, you know, working on carts. Go to the shop every, every couple nights, probably just uh, just go and chill and hang out with my buddy Carl, dude. You know, he's uh, he's my shop buddy. Mm-hmm. He uh, helps me out with a lot of stuff. He's uh, he's always there to help. You know, he doesn't really didn't really do much he just kind of sits there and chills but he uh he makes sure that like i have everything i need you know if i need tires and stuff like that the guy goes and hustle sponsors and shit so he's awesome Dude, he lets me use his trailer like uh last weekend that i went racing i used uh his go-kart his motor uh his trailer uh he went out and found a sponsor to get us a case of tires uh oh, yeah you know so like yeah I mean, he basically completely financed my entire trip to Cedar Lake, you know. Dang, so, damn. Yeah, he's an awesome dude. Awesome dude. So, so, so what's what's uh what's the day job for Mister Eddie Bros? Uh, well, I'm a low voltage electrician, so oh. I do like uh, fiber optic stuff and uh, telecommunications, uh, like network, that? network cables and stuff. Yeah. It's uh it's a good gig. I've been going to the same job site for like 12 13 years uh to pioneer. It's like 25 minutes from my house. It's perfect, you know, like uh it's a nice easy drive and um it's a really good environment to work in and yeah, yeah I got a lot of good contacts, good friends, good uh coworkers, you know. Uh yeah, I can't say enough good things about my job, you know, other than it could pay like a million dollars more. But uh, <laughs> can't everybody? Uh, yeah, for sure. You know, but I, I got it made. You know, I really do have a good job. It's, oh, yeah, that's, that's the best part about it is loving, uh, you know, you can love what you do, but if you don't love the people you work with, you know, it's kind of hard to be yeah. there. For sure, man. And we all get along great. And, uh, my bosses, everybody, everybody that I work for, work with, everything, you know, is just, uh, it's a really good, really good community, you know. For sure. Good yeah, people. So let's, uh, let's, let's dive into it, man. So, um, so when the carding started, like, uh, like who got you into it? What age? What was, uh, what was some of the first memories of it? Well, um, so I got into carding when I was 10, but, uh, I got into four wheelers when I was five. So I kind of transitioned. My dad got me a four wheeler when I was five years old. Um, I just kind of rode it around town a little bit. Like uh, I'm looking at the alley I used to go down, you know, when I was a kid right now, you know, that's pretty cool. Uh, So I used (laughs) to make like laps around like three or four houses here in the neighborhood and just man made lap after lap after lap. And, you know, my parents kind of, I think, you know, my dad maybe saw a little bit of like fire in me, you know, that like I didn't have a whole lot of fear. You know, I was holding the full throttle all the time, you know, uh, trying to go as fast as I could around corners and whatever, you know. And uh, yeah, so he took me racing when I was five years old to the Winter Dome in Des Moines. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was a ton of fun. You know, I, I have videos of it and I, uh, you know, I still like. I love to watch it, you know, it brings back really awesome memories and stuff, you know, and, and I kind of sucked first race out and stuff, you know, I was timid and scared and, and, uh, you know, 
it takes a little bit to kind of get used to the crowd and stuff. There was a lot of there was a lot of kids racing four wheelers back then, and uh, you know we we went back a few weeks in a row, and uh, fourth week we won, and hey, there you go. we we uh, we kept doing that for a while. So um, I think I think in the first three years that I raced four wheelers, I probably won a hundred features. Damn. Yeah. yeah. And this is like motocross style tracks, right? It's not like a no, oval. just it was still just oval stuff. Yeah. Okay. I've always well, you, hey. oval. I raced a little bit of like TT stuff. because <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, these were small four wheelers, so like we weren't like launching and ramping and stuff like that. But yeah. I did a little bit of that and it wasn't really my thing, you know. Like I you gotta do it a lot. I think it's something that you gotta get comfortable with going over jumps and mm-hmm. things like that. And I just never yeah. really I didn't have you know, I didn't have a yard to build ramps and and stuff like that you know i just uh just had the ability to make laps or whatever you know and and yeah so speedway oval racing was was perfect for me you know it's it's what i had experience doing and it was fun it was it's right up my alley man probably transition but yeah so then uh i did the 50 cc four-wheeler thing for a few years and then my parents got me a bigger four-wheeler and we got our asses kicked for a while uh when we moved up you know but i was racing i was seven years old and racing against kids that were 14 15 years old you know so it's mm-hmm. hard to compete with just that sort of age difference and stuff especially like as physical as four-wheeler riding is you know so um so yeah uh by the time i was 10 we were we were banging wheels with the with the older you know the older kids yeah. and stuff and and they were getting ready to move up and my parents were ready to move me up with them, you know, because we were competing with the ones that were going to move up. So, um, we didn't really want to get into the same situation where we were just winning every race and stuff. That's, I mean, as fun as winning is like, you're not really pushing yourself to get better, you know, yeah. you're always, Definitely. you're just going and showing up and doing your thing. So, so like, you know, we wanted to, we wanted to get better. And, but at the same time, like me and my dad had one goal and me and, and then, like, my mom had another goal. She she got scared, you know. She was terrified watching me ride the 70 or whatever, you know. Like, I was on two wheels more than four. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just riding hard. And she didn't want to see me move into the into a 200 or 250cc class with a bunch of adults. And, you know, it just terrified her. So, uh, uh she wanted a go-kart she's like that's a lot lower to the ground you know maybe he'll keep it on four wheels you know uh, a lot easier to keep it on maybe. four wheels it is and it, and it isn't and you, know, <laughs> you go coaxer up racing and all of a sudden you're on two wheels again you know so yeah <laughs> and we did that kind of right away too like we, we we uh we were still i think we were still four-wheeler racing and we went coaxer racing in the go-kart you know and and well, i mean we were on two wheels more in the go-kart than we were on the four-wheeler so <laughs> yeah. I have a quick question about about the four wheeler. Uh, were they running the quads at Tulsa Shootout in that? I I don't know when the Tulsa Shootout came to fruition and if that was even a thing. But I I know they raced quads through the infield and then went on to the oval part. Yeah, they they definitely did when I was there. Um, personally, I never got to race uh four wheeler at Tulsa. I never moved up into the into that class. You know, because it was all adults for four wheelers yeah. at, at Tulsa okay. or whatever. But uh, yeah, I, I believe that they were doing it at the time, though. 
that I was racing four wheelers because I had some idols that you know that I was watching and stuff that would that would be going down there and and you know they were competitive and winning and stuff you know that Greg Baker fuck I think he's won like eleven times or maybe maybe more at Tulsa on a four wheeler you know mm-hmm. guy was outstanding he was from South Dakota but every once in a while he would come down and race at the tracks that I was racing at and it was incredible to watch. Uh, a guy like that, you know, wheel a four wheeler. And I had another buddy that was local around here that he didn't go traveling and stuff as much, but man, he was a ton of fun to watch. It was, it was just really cool to have an idol. His name's Jared Fleck. And mm-hmm. uh, he was just, uh, he was a ton of fun to watch, you know, and, and he was a cool like pal and stuff, you know, mm-hmm. like he knew that I looked up to him and stuff, you know, like he was a, he was a good role model. You know, me and him used to see how, who could eat the most ketchup at the, at the pizza joint after the races and stuff like that with our <laughs> onion rings and shit, you know? So oh, like, man, he, he was, fun, you know, yeah, I was like five, five, six years old. And he, he was, you know, he treated me like his little buddy. So cool yeah. guy. That's you awesome. But, Always cool. Yeah. when one of those, one of those guys you look up to kind of treat you, treat you like, you know, it's your best friend, you know, and it makes you yeah. feel a little special, man. I've really been lucky. Like I've had a ton of, uh, like all my role models have always been like good people, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, if I go up and talk to them or ask them questions or whatever, you know, like, uh, and I was never shy when I was a kid. Like I'd go up to anybody. I didn't care, you know, uh, <laughs> who they were, how famous I thought they were, how cool I thought they were, you know, like the cooler I thought they were, the more that I wanted to go talk, <laughs> to them, you know? And yeah. And I just, I had a lot of, just a lot of, good people i've always been surrounded by really good people and that's honestly you know good people is the key to success you know just just surround yourself with uh with the best and and it's contagious yeah it it keeps things fun you know they help keep the uh the atmosphere up you know for sure for sure yeah did you ever run into that problem of uh be be like be careful to meet your heroes because it might not be the person you think they are um, you know, there's just all different types of people, and I don't think I've ever really ran into a uh, a person that like has scarred me or whatever. Like, you know, um, yeah, I don't think I've ever ran into somebody or or met somebody that just wasn't, you know, pretty nice. I can't can't really pinpoint anything. As far as my memories go, uh, yeah, I, I don't really want to name a name, but we met a guy in <laughs> Phoenix, Arizona, but, uh, so we met JJ Yaley and we met another famous <laughs> driver, uh, and JJ Yaley was awesome. Like he was, yeah. uh, he was super friendly, you know, so nice. And, and, uh, and gosh, he just, you know, he, you felt like he wanted to talk to you, you know? Mm-hmm. And then we met this other, this other guy that was there or whatever, and I mean, he was super famous too. Trust me. Like if I said his name, you guys would know it, but, uh, he just <laughs> okay. didn't really Have we seem... spoke about him on this podcast before. I don't think so. He's an Indy car driver. You know, he okay. was, he's a really famous guy, you know, uh, I don't think. <laughs> oh, I, don't think I know. Like, so. uh, mm. <laughs> what year? Yeah. Can, can we get a year on what this was? 19, 1998, I believe it oh, was in shit. Phoenix, Phoenix, oh, Arizona. Shit. Oh. oh shit. Which we, <laughs> we, by the, by the way, we won junior two light in uh at the holiday classic that year down there that was like one of my first big wins was mm-hmm. uh the holiday classic in 98 and racing against aj Foyt the fourth 
Uh, oh, wow. I don't know if you guys <laughs> remember AJ Foyt, but four-time yeah. IndyCar. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, or Indianapolis champion, you know, so, or Indy 500. But, uh, yeah, his grandkid or great-grandkid or whatever, AJ Foyt the fourth was one of my biggest competitors back in the late 90s. You know, wow. we raced against each other a lot. He was from Texas, and, uh, yeah, almost every big race that we went to, he was he was there, and, and me and him diced it up a lot. You know, we were we were competing for top five spots, if not the win, you know, and mm-hmm. there was – Fuck, there's a lot of cards back then, you know. Yeah, like there was yeah. 100, 100 cards in almost every class. Every, you know, That's every insane. national you went to, there was a hundred and some go karts in your class. Every class, uh, the holiday classic, there was you know 50, 60 cards in your class or whatever. Tulsa, Tulsa, oh my god, there's almost 200, <laughs> 200 cards in a class. You know, they had they yeah. had so many cards. I remember there was a time where like you could. If you drew the number 200 and you started dead last in the 20th heat and you won it, you still didn't make the A. You were still starting. <laughs> you're still starting in the B on the pole yeah. or maybe in the second row of the B of a concert mm-hmm. or whatever. You know? That's great. And then like, if you for, win that, you're still starting in the back of the A. You know? You're starting in <laughs> the back of the A. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Tulsa was amazing and it was so difficult, so intimidating. You know, we didn't go to Tulsa a lot of years just because it was expensive and mm-hmm. it was so hard to win. And, you know, like going to the holiday classic, going down to Phoenix, uh, it cost quite a bit too, but it was so much fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we went there a couple of years, you know, and, and we didn't go to Tulsa, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, it kind of rolls in, you know, you kind of talked about, you know, growing up again, racing in AJ Floyd, the fourth, uh, it kind of rolls into, you know, growing up in your time period of, of, of go-kart racing, you know, you said you started at 10 years old. And and racing was extremely different back then than it is today. So just kind of talk about how, what that was like for you growing up and 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 going through the the ringer with that. Okay. Um. Yeah. So getting into go karting, I guess ten years old, we got a a ninety two straight up uh, Emic Top Gun. You know. Uh. So this was probably like ninety five. So cart was three years old. It wasn't extremely old or anything like that but uh offset carts were starting to come out a little bit mm-hmm. you know about 95 96 and you know, yeah the banshee was just around the corner yeah i think the stalker yeah. might have been but the banshee came out of what like 97 yeah, 90, yeah, yeah 96 97 96 maybe even so yeah <laughs> uh so yeah that that cart quickly became outdated you know uh technology was really moving fast back then and we kept that cart until 1998. We raced it for three years, and uh, I remember going, and we won some races. Don't, don't get me wrong. Like, we, we were competitive with it at certain tracks, but uh, uh, there was certain tracks, you know, like if we'd go to Webster City. You guys ever hear of Webster City? That's the Brothers Speedway. I've never no. heard of that, no. No. Never no. heard of it? Yeah, it was no, iconic back in uh, the late 90s, early 2000s. It was, uh, it was the place. So, like, we would go... In 1998, we would go there for local shows. So the the IKF Nationals was going to be there that year. Everybody knew that, you know, they'd had it scheduled there for a year or whatever. So all the local races that they had, they only had a few, a handful in 98. But everyone they had leading up to the Nationals, there was C mains for most of the classes. Like there was, yeah, 50 or 60 carts for a local show. And so we were on that straight up go-kart. We were lucky to make the A. Like we 
doubt we did. I don't think we even made the A. You know, we were in the, in the B main for local shows, you know. And so, and we're thinking about going to the Nationals this deal or whatever, you know. Where it's three and, times uh, as many go-karts. <laughs> yeah, there's going to, yeah, exactly. At least twice as many, you know. I mean, a lot of mm-hmm. people, lots of people were showing up to try to dial in for this, uh, for this Nationals, you know. It was, it was insane how many local, how many carts they would get for a local show. I've never seen anything like it. But, uh, so we're at one of these local shows and Jim Jones, and I'm going to drop some names. Uh, <laughs> Jim Jones, I don't know if you guys know him. He used to have L and J carding. He was from, uh, Winfield, Kansas, mm-hmm. but he was up. Yeah, I know L and J. He was up. Yeah. L and J. So, uh, he was there with Tom rail. You guys know Tom? Mm-hmm. Yep. TRR. Yeah. So him and Tom used to be really tight and they were kind of teamed up selling ultra maxes. You know, uh, Jim was the distributor. Tom was a dealer and Jim kind of went to my dad and Jim was a hell of a salesman, you know, but me and my dad just talked about this the other night, you know, that, uh, he came up and he told my dad that, you know, like, Hey, you know, your kid can drive. He's got some talent, but like, he's never going to win on the equipment. You got him on, you know, and whether he was trying to sell my dad a go-kart or what he was trying to do, you know, I don't, I don't know, but, uh, my dad kind of like, you know, that my dad took it to heart. Like he, he felt like confident enough in me when he heard that from somebody else to go ahead and spend the money and, Mm -hmm. you know, invest in me and get me a new go-kart. And he bought me a, like, I don't know, maybe a month before the nationals, uh, two weeks, three weeks before the nationals, we got a 98 ultra max, center force or whatever it was yeah that was Uh, that was was, my very first cart was it yeah so this was a big tube was yours a big tube or a small tube this was Uh, eight and a quarter i was very young when we had it we had it (laughs) i don't even remember so so they came out with a small tube and they had like the 97 98 about halfway through 98 it was pretty much the same until until you know they decided to make the inch and a quarter tubing and so my dad got me the inch and a quarter the the newest latest thing or whatever you know and damn that was a good cart you know uh we went to that nationals at nessa and we were in the b main the first night and we drove up to sixth place finished sixth the first night and the second night we won both heats started second row inside i ran second for uh i don't even like you know probably half the race got passed ran third um for most of the race and and then that damn foyt he uh he got me on the last lap going down the back stretch. I ended up fourth, but you know what? Like, uh, I w- I shouldn't have ever been where I was. Anyways, you know, we were outclassed. We were out. Uh, I was you know out drove, just out experienced everything. Like we, but we had good equipment. We had Tom Rail. Mm-hmm. You know, Tom was helping set us up, and he put us on good tires, damn good motors. Uh, that Ultramax was a, was a really really good cart. You know, at the time, so uh yeah i mean very fortunate you know we just got with the right people like yeah. i said you know it's all really about the right and, it, and I, I think i mean i know you say that you shouldn't have been up there but i mean it just goes to show that like if you had when you got on good equipment you said with the old go-kart y'all were running in b mains at best like and then you go out yeah. there and you start second row inside on an a mate i'm sure that was huge for the confidence oh yeah big time you know like i i was uh, felt like I was, you know, could run with the best in the country at that point, you know? So, and confidence yeah. is so huge in the sport, you know, like if you mm-hmm. don't have confidence, you, you might as well not even show up. 
Like you oh, have yeah. to, yeah. if you don't, if you don't think that you're going to win, then you're not, you know, mm-hmm. like unless something sure. phenomenal happens and you happen to, and it falls into your hands or whatever, which happens. But uh, yeah, I mean, you like, I go, I don't go to a race without planning on winning. Yeah. I mean, well, I do. I go to a lot of races like down south and stuff and and I just want to do the best I can. And that's probably why I don't fucking win. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But when I go racing around here, you know, like I I absolutely plan on winning. Mm Yeah. And, you know, it's it's crucial to my budget and stuff. You know, like if uh, if I don't win, then it's hard to afford to go back. Yeah. I mean, last year we won like 20 grand, but uh, we spent 20 grand. You know, I, I easily spent 20 grand going, you know, so. It almost, it almost feels like in karting, the more that you go to these big races and win a lot of money, you're still spending all this money. It's not like, it's not like you're coming out oh, green. Yeah. You might even come out red. Yeah. Like it's still, oh, you yeah. won all you these big lose. races. Yeah. Yeah. You're still losing. It still costs money no matter, no matter what, you know, I mean, there's races where we go to and we do make a little bit of money, but there's so many races that we go to where we lose. Yeah. So it, it doesn't, doesn't uh, even out. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, it, it comes close, but uh, yeah, you're always spending money. You're always spending money, and that's just it's it's what you're gonna do. And I mean, I'm okay with that because I fucking love it, you know. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think we all do. I think we're all a little bit crazy about it. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. It's uh, it's definitely uh, it's a drug, man. It's it's an addicting a sport. It gets in your blood, and you just you you're never gonna get rid of it. Yeah. You know? Nope. I've talked about retiring since I was like, uh, <laughs> oh, shoot. I think I retired for the first time in like 2005. <laughs> the first time. <laughs> yeah, the first time. So, you know, we're talking about all those, you know, having to run B-Mains and even at a local show. But like a lot of people say, and I like to say it too, is you're only good as your competition and what pushes you to grow better. And you kind of touched on that, you know, you get complacent if you run at home and there's not really a lot of competition, like you said, with yeah. the full wheelers. But do you think that helped you grow into the the racer you are today? Oh yeah, I mean yeah the the Midwest scene back in the day, you know, uh, back because I mean there was ten years where we had a hundred carts at the nationals there or whatever, you know, or at least mm-hmm. at least a half dozen or eight years or whatever where. Yeah, I mean, you would go, you knew every time you went to Nationals or Tulsa, there was going to be 100 competitors in your class, you know, and for sure, like, you, you know, that every, everybody that you're going to race against is probably on some sort of big team, you know, Mm -hmm. and they're sharing information. And, you know, like, uh, if you're not involved with some sort of big team as well, um, you're gonna, you're gonna struggle because, gosh, you know, the, you just, you need that information, you need the track information, you got to, you got to have all that. And, and yeah, I mean, um, competition level. Yeah. It really drives you, you know, and shoot. I mean, there's been times where, you know, my, my career has been a roller coaster. Uh, there's times when we're winning and times when we're losing and I feel like, you know, I can't get out of my own way. Can't, I can't drive a mm-hmm. sharp stick up a hog's ass, you know, <laughs> but, uh, and yeah, I mean, that's, confidence level uh goes down a little bit and that makes it even tougher you know tougher Mm -hmm. to get back on track and and uh you know get back going again but i've kind of always been driven to to figure it out you Mm -hmm. know like uh i kind of always say like you know i'm gonna retire when i can't win anymore you know but uh when i can't win 
you know, races, I always feel like there's something I can be doing to, to get back to winning races. Yeah. So, it's almost, so it almost I'll, drives I'll, you like, it's almost like, what, what am I doing wrong? Cause you know, like I need to get back to go winning races. Yeah. You know, it's, it, instead of just stepping yeah. away from it and be like, okay, I'm, I'm done. No, I need to figure out what I was doing wrong so I can go back to win more races. Exactly. Exactly. And like the, the failure is almost more of a drive to go racing than, than winning races, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, failing and, and wanting to figure out and get, you know, overcome whatever obstacle you're fighting, you know, uh, wanting to get past that is, is huge, you know, uh, and God, it's so rewarding when you do, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you get back to, to what you want to be doing again, which is obviously winning, you know, so and we've had we've had all kinds of streaks, you know, losing streaks, winning streaks, um, wrecking streaks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it seems like things kind of come in waves, and and you just kind of got to be able to, uh, you know, bear down and and take the good with the bad. You know, keep going, you cow- just keep fighting. You got a cowboy up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You know. It's going to beat you down. The sport's going to beat you down a lot, you know, and, and I've been beat down a lot by it, you know, like we've had a lot of success, but man, you know, uh, I've tasted, uh, about everything that there is to, you know, every side of everything that there is in the sport, you know, and yeah. at this point, like there's, there's not a whole lot of new things that come at me and, and it's like, all right, I can handle this, you know, so. Oh. Go ahead. My bad. So Maybe. you said you you raced a few IKF Grand Nationals. Did you ever come to the one that was in Louisiana in early two thousands? I want to say two thousand three or four. Edmonton. So, so yeah, Bayou Bayou KG yeah. Speedway. Yes. Uh, yeah. No, no, I did not. <laughs> uh, no, we didn't travel a whole lot for IKF. To be honest with you, like we just raced um, when when it was kind of local. Um, I think the furthest I probably traveled for IKF is like, uh, up to Huron, South Dakota. I got you. Um, but shoot the, you know, in the times that I've been, been racing, they've raced in Oregon, New York, uh, twice in Louisiana. They raced down there in 97 and 2004. Yeah, that's correct. Um, and, uh, yeah, I missed both those times, but, uh, 2004, especially like, well, in, even '97, I heard great things about that racetrack, like that, how fast it was. Oh and smooth yeah, it that was. thing ripped. It was uh, high banked, and like people just love it. You know, I wish that I could have been down there, and I think we would have been pretty competitive, especially in '04. We were doing pretty, pretty decent back then. I wasn't very smart in '04. I'm not gonna lie. It was the What's first that? time I met. It was the first time I met D Pasco over there, and he oh, just, he was a he missile killed, there that year. Yeah, oh yeah, he killed everybody, man. It wasn't even fair. Yeah. Yep. Uh, gosh, he was, he's a freaking legend in the sport, though. You know, Absolutely. like he didn't come to a whole lot of IKF stuff, but yeah, he went to that deal, and you know, he decided he was going to go win, and he did. You know, yep. <laughs> Cleaned everybody's clocks. So. <laughs> so yeah, guy, you... guy's a guy's a legend. Yeah, most definitely. Um, so you said last year was a pretty big year, but uh, what would you consider it? Maybe not even like biggest money wise. What, what's a what's the most memorable win for you? Most memorable win. So I've got a few most memorable wins. Um, so 
like my first most memorable win, like the one that, uh, you know, the holiday classic one was, uh, was awesome. That was probably my first big win. Uh, we mm -hmm. traveled down to Phoenix in 98, you know, we had, we had done, done decent at that nationals in 98. Uh, we went down there and, you know, all the same guys were there, Foyt and Swigert and, you know, like the, the, the top heavy hitters for the midwest or whatever we all traveled down there or whatever to the for the holiday classic and we unloaded out of the trailer fast and and we won you know we got lucky uh we didn't know anything dude we we knew nothing me and my dad you know my god bless my dad you know uh he always made sure that i was on good equipment you know but as far as like me and him really knowing what we were doing uh we we pretty much relied on tom rail you know, mm -hmm. like if we needed help or if we were struggling, we would just go ask, you know, be like, hey, you know, what uh, what do you recommend we do or whatever? And he was he was phenomenal. You know, like he always had answers for us. And, and every time we went to him for speed, uh, there was speed to be had like he he had it, you know. So, mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, that was just one of those times where we just uh, we unloaded fast, man. And we and we won. We we beat everybody and nobody like really knew what we were doing because you know, uh, we weren't anybody, nobody was coming to ask us what we were doing. You know? So yeah, we're in a, you know, 12 by six single axle trailer that we pulled down there from Iowa, you know? So, uh, just a little trailer, little, little operation. I mean, we were sitting there in our lawn chairs, uh, we'd wash tires and just sit around. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. yeah. We, we weren't doing anything special. Uh, but anyway, uh, my next most memorable win was, uh, my first Duffy. Um, and that was also at Nessa at Webster city. And yes. that was a rough week. Like, uh, the first night of that nationals, we sucked horrible. Uh, we didn't even get out of the C main. Like we were that slow. Um, we, uh, we, we were so lost. We went to Tom, uh, that night basically. And was like, Hey, you know, we're going to come back tomorrow and try again. But like, we, we need help, you know, like, can you just point us in the right direction? He's like, well, and you, this is kind of a crazy story. Cause he's like, you have these four tires in the trailer. And, uh, he wanted us to put a Maxis on the right rear, a Dunlop on the right front, a Dunlop on the left rear and a Burris on the left front. So we had <laughs> three That's different insane. brands of tires on the go-kart and we're like, well, yeah, okay. <laughs> So we went, we went back to the trailer, you know, put those tires on, got everything kind of ready to go or whatever. And then we went to his trailer in the morning and scaled the go-kart out. And he kind of made a few changes here and there or whatever, you know, and he's like, all right, you should be good. Went out there. We were so fucking fast. Uh, <laughs> ridiculous. Like, I, I could not believe it. Like, we won both heat races. We were, we were easily, you know. Like everybody was watching us at that point, you know. Ended up mm. starting front row, front row outside of the main. Um, we were, I was taken off and beating the pole sitter to turn one, uh, start after start after start, you know. And they kept having yellow caution, 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 caution. Uh, eventually they were going to line us up single file. It was like after seven restarts. Well, we were, this is how dumb we were. We didn't even know to like maintenance the clutch you know, to take the clutch off every few races and stuff and like lube the bearing up and blow it out and whatever, you know, we weren't doing anything. We, like I said, we were sitting in our goddamn lawn chairs or whatever, washing <laughs> tires and that's about it. And so, uh, <laughs> so the clutch locked up the needle bearing oh, inside no. the, inside the driver blew up. Like it exploded. It got so hot. It seized up and 
clutch locked up. They tried to stop us on the track, and and the motor locked up and died. And, oh no! Oh no! And IKF, you're you're not allowed to restart. They actually had like let my dad try to repull it a couple times, but every time he pulled it, the cart was like jumping forward four feet or whatever. Yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. so uh, yeah. I mean, we should have just tried to push start it and keep rolling. But <laughs> I don't know. So I walked off the track devastated. You know, like I we didn't have uh the next day was Super Junior two is unrestricted. We didn't have an adult motor. Like I thought my weekend was over and I was like, fuck, this was my chance, you know, like this, mm-hmm. uh, this trophy just slipped out of my hands, you know, and it meant, it meant the world to me, you know, like the Duffy was so big back then. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I didn't throw a fit or nothing, you know, I was really sad, but I just walked off the track and, you know, I was ready to load up and go home and, uh, Jim Jones walked up to my dad and was like, are you guys racing tomorrow? You know? And my dad's like, well, no, we don't have a motor. And he's like, uh, you'll have a motor, you know? So, oh, awesome. so he's like, you make sure that you go get ready to, to stay for tomorrow or whatever. And, and he's like, we'll have a motor for tomorrow. So yeah, him and Tom, uh, you know, they were still together back then and they, they got me a motor and they put it on my cart and, and I went out, first heat race and won went out in the second heat race and fucking spun out and (laughs) (laughs) and uh and i put myself in the b main and they had pretty much written me off at that point you know they were like ah fuck Mm -hmm. this kid he's a (laughs) cop and and then i think they they walked up to the fence about halfway through the a main and they're like holy shit he's in third place you know (laughs) so Ribbon. Uh, we we won the B. We uh, we came from dead last in the A main. We won that fucker. So damn. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good uh, Yeah. That's a fun. Yeah. Foyt was there for that one too. So and he won the first two <laughs> nights. He won the first two nights. So he was kind of like you know, he's the the Goliath or whatever you know. And, and the favorite. Uh, I got to be. Yeah, I got to be the little guy out of the little tiny trailer that that got to take him down. You know. So yeah, that's awesome. Uh, and man, uh, after that race, fuck, like I got swarmed with people. Like they picked me up and carried me out of the grid, and and like I was getting hugs from people I had no idea who they were, and <laughs> and uh, high fives, and you know, like Thank it was uh, it was AJ. phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, everybody wanted to see him go down. You know, everybody wanted to see him go down. It was nuts, you know, because I mean, he was obviously he had the money and he he had the, you know. Uh, and he was talented. Like, don't get me wrong. The kid, the kid drove good. Uh, and me and him, we always had good, clean battles. Like we never, you know, we never tussled or nothing, you know? So like, I, I have a ton of respect for him, but he was definitely mm-hmm. my rival for a while. You know, he was the guy I wanted to be. So, okay. Yeah. That's really that cool. That was cool. Um, I got more memorable wins too. I don't know if you guys want to hear about them, but. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. I like these. So, um. Another one I was thinking about is, uh, like, more recent. It's from, like, 2016 in Newton. And Newton is my home track. You guys probably have heard of um, yes. NKK. Mm-hmm. Uh, Max Daddy was here last year and everything. But uh, So they've had some some good races, some good Maxis Series races and, and stuff like that in the, in the past uh, 10 years or decade or whatever, you know. And shoot, 2016 uh, – Man, I didn't really have much of a qualifying program. My qualifying program uh, has always kind of just been 
uh, really mediocre because I always try to like run my race tires in qualifying and, <laughs> uh, and everybody else has got qualifying tires, you know, but yeah, I, I don't have a huge budget. I don't have a huge inventory of stuff and you know, I don't show mm -hmm. up to the track with, with 40 sets of tires and, you know, thins and thicks and soft and hard and stuff like that. I, I hold up a couple brand new sets of tires and that's what I race on. You know, that's what I qualify on. That's what I race on. I do it all. So, uh, you can't exactly, you know, beat the shit out of your tires for qualifying to go blaze a lap and then expect to go race on them, you know, for so, 20 laps and they last. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And so, um, uh, there for a while, it seemed like I could get away with qualifying somewhere around, you know, 10th to 15th or whatever. And as long as my tires were good enough in the main, I could still win, you know, well, you, you just wanted to make a challenge. You just want to make no, a challenge. Not, not really. Like I, it wasn't the idea. Like I was still trying to get on the pole, but uh, yeah. but also, you know, I knew that like the pole didn't pay the money. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. yeah. getting on the pole isn't isn't how isn't gonna get me back to the next race. Like I I have to win. So what's gonna be the best game plan if I start 14th and and win? Uh, you know that's gonna be tough, but uh, it's it's honestly the better option than sitting on the pole and then finishing 14th because you, you beat the shit out of your tires and now they're not going to last 20 laps or whatever, but tires change a lot. The next you know? week. Yeah. Oh yeah. Trying, trying like to, every, trying to save a set. Yeah. Every time. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm trying to, I'm trying to budget, trying to save money, man. And you know, it's, it's tough. I don't have a, I don't make a million dollars, you know, at my job and you know, I got some good sponsors and I have a ton of help. But, uh, but yeah, every week is, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty much required to make a little bit of money, you know, mm -hmm. but, um, yeah, so qualified 14th in this race, you know, I think we ran second or third in the first class or whatever. And then, uh, and then, you know, I felt like I had a really good race piece and, um, Hunter Curtis was there too, you know, and he even came up to me. At one point, I think we had a red flag in the race and he came up to me and he's like, he's like, are you going to be as fast at the end of this race as you were in the last race? And I'm like, well, I'm planning on it, you know, and he's like, <laughs> okay, I'm just going to stay. He's like, I'm just going to stay behind you, you know, and I'm like, okay. So uh, I think we had a red flag in this race and I'd gone from 14th up to third and restarted third and it was Heights and Ballhagen in front of me. I don't know if you've heard of those two guys. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> But there, yeah, I mean, these two guys are like my main rivals, you know, like I, I feel like between the three of us and, and probably Mikey and maybe a couple other names or whatever in there. Uh, but on a regular basis, we're we're the three battling for the wins, you know. Um, and yeah, so I restart behind them and they're so focused on beating each other that uh, they like completely forgot about me. And mm -hmm. I passed them both on the backstretch you know, on the first lap after we took the green. And <laughs> I shoved Kyle through the corner a little bit, and he kind of rubbed into Ballhagen's left rear a little bit, so it slowed mm -hmm. them both down. And so I was <laughs> able to sneak by both of them down one straightaway. <laughs> and and then, even though I snuck by them both, they still decided to race each other hard as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so I think Jared was definitely the fastest one out there. He was checked out before the red, and me and Kyle were probably pretty close, but but once Kyle and Jared started racing against each other, like I just took off and, and led the last eight laps and won, you know, but mm -hmm. that was a, that was a big win at my home track. You know, um, 
I had a lot of fans there, I guess, you know, and a lot of people that were really excited to see, uh, to see me pull that off, you know, especially cause, um, I wasn't the fastest card on the track and, and, you know, races like that are always the hardest to win, but they're always, they're, they're the most rewarding though, too, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, it always, it always seems like, uh, you know, at, at a home track when a big race goes to it, you, you've raced, you made thousands and thousands of laps and you laps and you think you should be the fastest person out there, but for some reason it's oh. just, yeah, it's no. not, that's not the case. <laughs> no. Yeah. Somebody comes in and they just whip your ass. You know? <laughs> that's and never been there before. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. They don't, yeah. Well, I mean, Ballhagen's phenomenal at Newton, dude. They, uh, oh yeah, yeah. They got that place figured out, really. You know, like we we've beat him, uh, uh, you know, dozens of times there or whatever. But like, he's also, you know, he's come out and and uh, you know, they Ballhagen really set the bar, uh, really really high there at Newton for a while, and mm -hmm. um, everybody kind of had to play catch up. So, uh, which I think I did for a little bit. You know, we won six, uh. Duffy's at Newton in 2014 out of six classes. And, uh, you know, I know you wanted to talk about the cover of the chase and racing thing or whatever, but like, that's, uh, that's one of the things that got me on the cover of chase and racing, you know, uh, in 2014 was, uh, me basically grilling Rowdy too. Rowdy. He's always, I think Rowdy's always kind of been a, a fan of mine, you know, like, uh, mm -hmm he always is, has got good compliments and stuff for me and, and always tells me that he, he enjoys watching me and shit. And that's, uh, that's huge coming from him. Cause that guy's seen thousands of racers. Yes. You know? Yeah. And, uh, for him, for him to say stuff like that is, is really, you know, that, that hits home. Like, yeah. Uh, it'll hit you in the heart, but, uh, yeah, uh, I was pulled. I think I pulled off the track after winning like the fourth one of the week, and I was like, "Hey, man, is that enough to get on the cover of the magazine?" Because <laughs> he's in the infield, and I'm pulling off the track. I still like the motors running. I'm I'm in my cart, and and he's like, "I don't know, you know." And I was like, "Okay." I was like, "If I win both classes tomorrow, I'm like, will that get me on the cover for sure?" And he's like, "You win both classes tomorrow, I'll put you on the cover." And I'm like, "Okay, you know, deal." So, Dude. yeah, <laughs> so, and that was a, that was a big weekend, like, uh, or a big week. I mean, that's IKF nationals was always during the week back then. And so yeah. that's probably why it died, man. People just can't get the time off work. It doesn't pay any money and, or it yeah. didn't pay any money and this and that or whatever, but man, yeah, I went, was, uh, go ahead. I went to one in Texas, man. And it was a the low, the highest, the lowest high was one Oh five. All week long. Oh god! Oh, oh god! Waller, that's Waller, wasn't it? Uh, it was Tyler, Tyler, Texas. Tyler, I Texas, or I twenty. Yes, Tyler, Texas. That yeah. was two thousand nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to say two thousand nine. Yep. Uh, two thousand nine. I want. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Were you there? That sounds right. I, no, 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 no. Tom no. Spanel was there. He won a few. Yep. Uh, a few yep. other Midwest guys were there. Uh, the Jacobson Max. Max and uh, the other Mark. guy, Mark, Mark Jacobson, they were there. Max and Mark, mm. yep. <laughs> Dude, I can't, uh, Jake Williams, I, I'm not sure if he was from the Midwest, but he was there. I didn't know who he was, but he was pretty fast. What was his name? Jake Williams, I believe. Jake Williams? Hmm. All right, Cooper, Coop, Coop something? Coopman? Coopman, yes, he was there. Coopman. He won a couple. Cameron, Cameron Cameron Coopman, Coopman. yes, sir. Yep. Hey, these are good names. 
Mm-hmm. I love the yeah. I love the shout outs for these guys. You know, these are uh some of these guys are still like uh some of my toughest competitors, you know. Um but Cameron Koopman, man, he was a he was a hitter back in the day, you know. He doesn't really race much, but I, I actually see him every once in a while still. Um but Tom Spanel, fuck, he's uh he was a major rival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's still winning races over over on the East Coast, you know. Like uh Tom, Tom's a heck of a driver, you know. Um, I think, you know, me and him had, uh, you know, about all sides of a relationship you can have where we loved and hated each other. <laughs> you know? So uh, we we had some really intense races where we come off and we're we were heated or whatever, you know. But it, uh, and at the end of the day, like me and Tom have a ton of respect for each other, and uh, yeah, and. I think, you know, we've put pretty much everything um, in the past as far as like, you know, any sort of controversy we ever had. And, and we're pretty good buddies, you know, uh, he's mm-hmm. taught me a lot. And, and I feel like, you know, he would say the same thing about me. Most so. definitely. So, right, so uh, w- go ahead, Ethan. Oh, I was uh, I was just going to move to the nickname. Yeah, and where'd that come to? Where'd that come? Oh, from? the nickname. It's not that great of a story, honestly. Oh, um, so not I mean, podcast it's, it's, rated? No, it's it's cool because like uh, I'd like to. The bun part is kind of cool because like, so I was uh, I was sponsored by Blue Bunny when I was younger. I think they sponsored wow. me when uh, around like ninety eight was probably when they started sponsoring me, and so, um. Yeah, I mean, their ice cream is delicious. Uh, mm-hmm. They didn't give us a whole lot of, like, money, you know. Um, they gave us a little bit of money here and there, but they gave us all the ice cream we wanted. And <laughs> oh. they, they, wanted, they wanted us to give ice cream away at the races. Like, they were like, all right, we'll give you some money or whatever. But, like, their whole, their whole deal was, like, they wanted to promote their product, you know. Yeah. And uh, the way that they wanted to promote their product, the most was by giving it to people and being like, here, try it, you know? So, so they would give us like a thousand or more bars of ice cream to go to some of these big races, like <laughs> the, the nationals in 98, you know, we went up there with just tons of ice cream. Uh, and it didn't, you know, whatever ice cream that they were promoting at the time is what they gave us. So like it would change mm-hmm. every few months. So it would either be like bunny tracks or bomb pops or dream sickles or God, I don't even know. You know, uh, there was so many different kinds of ice cream that we that we gave away or whatever, but mm-hmm. they would just load us up with whatever they were, whatever their promotion was that for that period, they'd load us up with it, and we'd just we'd give it away to people at the track. So I got this, uh, you know, kind of recognition thing that you know, like when we pulled into the racetrack, people were like, "Hey, the Blue Bunny Kids here," you know, <laughs> like people kind of got kind of got excited about that, you know, because like yeah. it was refreshing. Because like he was just saying, 105 degrees every day you know, for some of these races or whatever. So ice cream on days like those, you know, what a hit is, the spot. Oh, it's priceless. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And we were did giving it away for free. Come... Like you didn't, you didn't have to buy it. What's that? Yeah. So did the diesel part come in when you got like a bad ice cream bar one time and like it was covered <laughs> milk or something? <laughs> no, 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 no. The diesel part came in like way, way later. Um, we did the blue bunny thing for several years until I was about 18 and then they kind of were like, well, you know, it was fun when you were a kid, you know, <laughs> uh, and that was kind of their whole deal is they, they like to do stuff for kids and stuff like that. And, and man, we went to like shows, uh, they would take me to, 
the ballpark in town in Des Moines or whatever, like uh, they would have Blue Bunny Night. So they were like, mm-hmm. hey, bring your cart down and come show it off to these people and we'll give away ice cream and and you can, you know, talk about racing and, and things like that or whatever, which was so cool. You know, like you felt like a little celebrity and do kids fest and stuff uh, at, in Des Moines or whatever, where like there was just there was thousands and thousands of kids. Uh, mm-hmm. They would make hero hero cards for me and this other kid that raced junior dragsters, and we'd sit there and sign autographs for little kids. That's you know? so cool. Yeah, it was amazing, you know. And I was only like 13 years old or whatever at the time, so like this this was uh, some of the coolest memories I have in my life, you know. Yeah, was uh, was being a being a little celebrity, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Even though I wasn't really that cool, but <laughs> <laughs> but it was so, fun. It was a ton of fun. So when did the whole driving? You know, driving for people. Oh, you cut up. Come into bad. the picture. Like, what caused that? Oh, sorry. Driving. So, for people. when did? Uh, yeah. Uh, let's see. So, uh, me and my dad raced together for quite a while. You know, um, and you know, things kind of went south a little bit. Like we, we were, we were starting to argue a little bit, and. And uh, you started you started to know better. <laughs> yeah. And and so uh, here's a, here's one thing about my dad. You know, this is this is the uh, fuck. I love this so much about my dad. I owe him so much for doing this to me, you know, and like at the time, I kind of felt like he put a lot of weight on my shoulders. But, you know, now I look back on it and I'm like, fuck, is the best thing that he like could have ever happened to me. Best thing he could have ever done mm-hmm. for me. And he bought me that that go-kart in 1998 we went to uh, a seminar with um for ultramax in like kansas city he drove me down to kansas city from des moines you know to go to this mm-hmm. seminar and before we walked in the doors he says uh you know i want you to pay attention to this because you know my dad's significantly older than me he was 43 years old when i was born so he's mm-hmm. you know he's older or whatever at this time and he's like hey you know He's like, you're young and you're smart. He's like, I'm old and I'm not going to remember half of the shit. You know, he's like, I might be lucky to remember 10% of this, of what they're teaching us. You know, he's like, but Mm -hmm. you might remember all of it, you know? So he's like, I really want you to pay attention. And I really want you to, you know, I I want you to take this stuff seriously. And I want you to like bear the load, you know? And, uh, and I took that to heart, man. You know, like, uh, I felt that and I feel that every day. Like that it's, it's not about somebody else for your success. You know, if Mm -hmm. you're, if you're going to succeed, you gotta, you gotta fucking put the weight on your shoulders and you gotta do it, you know? So essentially teaching you at a a young age of what you put in and what you'll get out of it. Yeah. I was about 13 years old and, and you know, that was, uh, that was so huge for, for just my whole career, like, and life in general you know mm-hmm. uh that was big you know i owe him a lot for that so thanks dad but uh yeah what what were we what was that subject again <laughs> when you when you started to drive for people oh so driving for people okay so yeah so my dad put me on the right track um and we raced together for a long time, you know, and then we started to argue a little bit. And so then I started kind of going racing on my own um, with a buddy. Uh, 
I'm a name drop. His name is Shane Wolf. Uh, mm-hmm. I lost him, lost him in 06 uh, to a motorcycle crash. But uh, man, he he was a few. He was like seven years older to me, older than me, and he took me racing a lot when I wasn't even old enough to get a hotel room and stuff, you know? So like, that was a big deal. And he was such good pit help and just so like full of good, positive energy, you know, just everything was always fun and, and stuff, you know? And so me and him started racing together towards like the end of like kind of racing, uh, for myself type stuff or whatever. But, Mm -hmm. uh, we had a ton of, ton of success together, you know? And, uh, we, we won some races and, and I think, you know, I, I owe him a lot for just bringing like a good attitude to the track. Like that was, uh, that was big. Just having, just having a good positive vibe at the track. Like, you know, that's, that's a good recipe for success. And that's, you know, I'll, uh, going forward, like that's some of me and Adam's success. Like we, we have such a good time racing together that, uh, you know, it makes it fun and it makes it almost easy, you know, yeah to, to succeed or whatever but so anyway uh racing for people so in 2005 uh that jim jones he called me up and he was getting off the ultramax stuff he was switching over to phantom and he wanted me to switch over to phantom with him and he offered me basically half price on a champions edition uh phantom uh phenom champions edition and i wasn't really ready to yeah, it was, I mean, it was like 1400 bucks for Champions Edition, you know, like, I, and I don't know if that was like, uh, he still owned half of it or, you know, really, I don't know what all the stipulations was, but like, my first thought was, I don't really want to get off of Ultramax, like, I've had a lot of success on the Ultramax stuff, and, and I kind of want to keep, keep on it, you know, so, uh, I got off the phone with him, and I, and I told him, you know, I was like, well, I'm going to think about it or whatever, you know, and so, like, my first move was, you know, I'm gonna call Brad Sellers, and I don't know if you guys know who Brad Sellers is, but he was the the guy at Ultramax at the time. You know, mm-hmm. he was the man to talk to. Um, so, so I called Brad, and I was like, "Hey, man, you know, I've been on your product for like six, seven years, and we we do pretty decent." You know, I was like, uh, "You know, I don't think I'm your best person or whatever, but uh, you're you're um, the amount of people you have on your cart is depleting, and." Um, you know, I don't want to be one of those people that jump ship. If you will help me stay on your stuff, you know, I'll try to help you keep your market up here, you know? And he was like, yeah, sounds great. You know? So he's like, why don't you just go ahead and sell your car from last year and whatever you sell it for, just send us some money and we'll send you a brand new car. Damn. I'm like, sounds great. So, uh, yeah. So they sent me a brand new car and never sent me a bill or anything, you know, and I called him a couple of times and I'm like, Hey man, what do I, you know, I sold that car for this much money. And I'm like, what do I owe you? And he's like, yeah, he's like, just, uh, put that towards your racing program or whatever. And I'm like, God damn, these people are freaking cool. You know? And yeah. well, That's like crazy. a couple months later, a couple months later, Brad wasn't even with the company anymore. He like, he left and, and Kevin Bishop was with the company and, and Kevin mm-hmm. just kind of picked up right where Brad left off. You know, he, he was all about uh, whatever we needed and, and helping us out and stuff, you know. And and uh, so about the same time, I started racing for a guy named Eric Vanderplug. And uh, he started a cart shop called VPR Cart Shop in Des Moines. Mm-hmm. And 
I was kind of the face of his cart shop. You know, he wasn't really racing, but he wanted, this is what he wanted to do. He wanted to sell cart parts or whatever. So, uh, he felt like, you know, that I was a good repres representative for his company and stuff. So, so we were running, he was selling ultra maxes and I was racing them out of his shop, working on my stuff out of his shop, dealing with Tom a lot. Like this 2005 is when, uh, I started to actually understand carting. You know, understand yeah, how start... how a car works, the dynamics and stuff. You know, tire and not just taking a left. Yeah, not just taking a yeah. left. Taking a left, yeah, just taking a left turn and, and yeah, going exactly, in a circle. exactly, yeah, exactly, yeah. Not just it's not just down to driving. There's a whole there's so many like dynamics to chassis setup and 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 all that stuff. You know, and tire prep was kind of it was a big thing a little bit back then, but it's not it wasn't the thing. You know, for us, I guess, not in the Midwest. So, yeah, um, it definitely was a thing, though. Like, you know, you could win races based on if you were doing the best prep still, you know. So, but yeah, he taught me a little bit about prep and he taught me a ton about, you know, caster and camber and cross and like what how to feel a go-kart. Like what mm -hmm. to, <clears throat> you know, I would I would sit there and quiz him so so i worked for tom i would tear down motors and clean them up in his parts washer for a couple hours every night and he would knock a few bucks off my bill my motor bill or whatever and uh like 14 dollars <laughs> a night <laughs> or whatever you know so so nice. nothing significant or anything but you know what the amount of the what it paid in the end was you know worth thousands of dollars because the knowledge uh yeah. yep yeah because he would he would stop me from and I'd talk to him the whole time, but like he would stop me after a couple hours of working on motors because he he only wanted to pay me like fourteen bucks, you know. So <laughs> so he he'd be like, "All right, stop stop doing what you're doing." And then, but I wouldn't leave. I'd sit there on a bar stool and and ask him questions, you know, quiz him, mm -hmm. like because this guy had he was just a freaking just a <laughs> world of knowledge about go kart racing. He had done all of it. This guy has a triad in sprint uh enduro and speedway for karting he's one of the only people in the world to have to have the national championship in all three you know that's awesome yeah he's a and dude he's a you know he was a phenomenal street racer he's he's a legend freaking legend so um yeah to have this guy's knowledge and to have him just like willy-nilly just giving everything up to me if i asked him a question he was answering it straight up you know yeah uh that was so huge for my program like my program was night and day you know we went from winning yeah. every once in a while to to we were we were probably gonna win <laughs> yeah that, that's and, when the page started to turn yeah and so yeah. and so i guess you know i was racing four people you know at the time i was still kind of doing my own program or whatever but i had a ton of help you know tom was helping me with motors he was not only you know paying me to tear them down he was doing the labor for free on my motors, just charging me for parts or whatever. Uh, Eric was giving me tires and stuff for costs, letting me work out of his shop, uh, access to his tire cutter, access to his tire rollers, uh, all of his preps, uh, you know, new preps. He went to PRI that year and he discovered TrackTac. Uh, yeah. 2005, I don't know how many people knew about TrackTac, but we did, you know, and, yeah. and that was a, that was a, you know, a big advantage over a lot of people was was just having the track tag product before before a lot of people. Yeah. So 
uh, yeah, we won a lot of races just, uh, just having that little bit of an edge on people or whatever, but, uh, you know, uh, and then it just kind of transitioned, man. We just kept, I just kept racing for people. And, um, honestly in 2005, like I, I spent all the money that I made, I made a bunch of money. We, we raced at Lasoski. uh, they had five big, like kind of series races, I guess, where they paid $500 to win in each each class and they would have four classes for the weekend and mm -hmm. uh i think the one one day rained out or whatever so we had 18 18 features for that year and and i won 10 of them you know so that was five grand just just in in 10 races you know yeah and uh you know i didn't feel like i was and 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 we won almost everything that year we won a ton of shit uh, we won a triad. We won two Duffies. Uh, we won all those races at Lasoski. We won, uh, I don't even know how many local money shows and, and things like that. Just hitting every, every race that we could, because we were trying to advertise for that card shop. Like we were, we were trying to be at every race, you know, yeah. and, and we did good, but, uh, yeah, like at the end of that season, I was kind of like reflecting on how much money I had in my pocket and how much money I had won, you know? And I'm like, mm -hmm. if I don't, have the same season next year you know i because i i'm like i got 10 cents in my pocket you know and so if i don't if i don't win the same amount of races next year like there's no way i'm going to sustain this level of racing you know and yeah. i'm like there's there's just no way to have season after season after season like that you know i was making 11 dollars an hour at the time so you know yeah. like i could barely pay for shit like yeah. i had to win to go racing so um so i was ready to quit like um I pretty much re all but retired at the end of 2005, but uh, one of the last races of the year, I stopped by, uh, you guys know who Brett Moffat is? Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so Brett, I gotta... Brett was, okay, go ahead. The only time what? I went to Tulsa shootout, I qualified outside pole and he was the pole sitter. <laughs> nah, did he win? Of course he won. He was on an adventure. <laughs> of course he won. Yeah. <laughs> So Brett was my little protege for a little while. So I was actually really? probably helping him at that time. Yep. That's cool. So yeah, he uh he's still my buddy. We still talk. Uh we you know, we talk every couple months or whatever, but uh yeah, I'm a huge fan of his. You know, he's uh he's a phenomenal driver, he's a phenomenal person. Like yeah, I you know, I can't say enough nice things about Brett. He just he's always just been like a really, you know uplifting spirit you know he's just a, mm -hmm. he's a good kid but uh yeah i stopped by their trailer at that you know just kind of on a whim you know and it wasn't really like i wasn't after anything i didn't even know him uh but they were on avenger and you know uh eric was eric owned avenger at the time so i tried to help all of our customers a little bit you know make sure that everybody was doing you know that was everybody was happy or satisfied with what you know their product and stuff so and they weren't running very good they were you know between 15th and 20th or whatever. And then I just stopped by and gave him a few pointers or whatever. And, and he ended up finishing top 10 and, and almost every feature that weekend or whatever. And, or at least the second day after I helped him. And, uh, and they thought that was huge. You know, they went from, you know, they improved like 10 spots just with a, with a little, you know, I, I stopped by for a couple of minutes and just told them a couple of things that I thought that they needed to change or whatever. And so his dad ended up calling me up, um, before like in november that year and asked me to go to a race with them in sedalia missouri mm -hmm. uh, which was an indoor racing 
was cool, cool track, you know. Um, but I'd never been there. You know, he asked me, he's like, you ever been there before? And I'm like, no, I've never been, you know, and he's like, well, you want to come with us? And I'm like, I'm like, sure, I'll come with, you know, and he's like, well, why don't you bring your stuff and, and we'll, you know, and you can race too. And I'm like, well, you know, honestly, like, uh, if I go race and I'm not very good at, um, focusing on anything but myself, (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, so, uh, why don't we just go ahead and make this about Brett and I'll just come and help Brett, you know, and we'll just we'll just do everything we can to try to get, you know, to, to try to do everything for Brett. And he's like, okay, you know, he's like, but he's like, I'll, I'll pay for you to come racing if you want to come racing. And I'm like, no, it's not, it's not, you know, I'd rather just come help you guys. So, so I went and helped him and we got down there and my buddy, Mikey, good buddy, Halliburton is yeah. down there. And, and I knew he'd been down there a bunch, you know, cause it's close to him, you know, and, so I just walked up to him and I'm like, Hey man, like, uh, we've never been here before, you know, what, what should we do or whatever, you know? And he's like, well, what'd you do to tires? And I'm like, nothing. <laughs> and he's, he's, like, what? he's like, uh, why don't you bring the set of tires that you plan on running over here and I'll roll some prep in them for you, you know? And I'm like, okay. So I went back and got, you know, the set that I thought we were going to run for the day and brought them back to Mikey's pit. He put prep in them, rolled them for a couple hours or whatever. And I brought him back to the pit. We put him on Brett. Brett won all four heat races and both features that night, you know? And so, you know, I, and Dick's like, man, you're a God, you know? And I'm like, no, I'm not like Mikey did everything. Like, (laughs) you know, Mikey helped us and, and he's the guy, you know? And he's like, no, no, no. He's like, you knew who to talk to, you know? He's like, you are Mm -hmm. the guy. And I'm like, okay. You know, he's like, so, and I, he's like, I want you to come racing with us at every race next year, you know? And I'm like, uh, well, you know, I'm like, I kind of don't want to, but <laughs> I was like, uh, <laughs> I was like, I don't really plan on racing next year. You know, I don't, I'm supposed uh, to be retired. I afford, <laughs> yeah. I can't afford it, man. You know, like, I'm, I'm just done with it. Like, uh, I don't make enough money for it. It's just out of my league, you know? And he, uh, he's like, no, no, no. He's like, I will pay for you to come racing he's like you don't have to worry about any money any expenses anything like that he's like but i need you to be there every weekend and i'm like well fuck you know if, so uh, <laughs> yeah if that's yeah if that's if that's how you feel if you if you're that you know uh confident in me and committed to me then you know then i guess i'll do everything i can to help you guys out and i'm in you know so so we went racing for a year and brett won like everything brett won four wk eagles that year uh he he did not win a duffy you know i won a couple duffies that year and he didn't win one he got frustrated the first day he like really got down on himself and he kind of uh pardon my french but he got fucked the first day uh he came from deep in the field and he got up to third place and the top two spun each other into the fence and they both got their spots back and they sent Brett to the tail and DQ'd him or whatever. And that was the first day out of four for him. You know, so just ruined kind of the weeks. Yeah, it crushed it crushed him. He drove like shit the rest of the week. You know, and I I didn't want to be hard on him because I felt for the kid, you know. Like, God, it freaking hurts when shit like that happens. When you have no control, like he wasn't even anywhere near these kids and he got sent to the tail. There was at least a cart length between him and them, you know. And it was, it was completely obvious that he had nothing to do with it, but, uh, yeah. So he was driving like one handed the rest of the weekend and, you know, 
Uh, I could always tell when he was driving one-handed because one hand would move and the other one wouldn't. It would just kind of like sit on the wheel, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and I didn't get, I wasn't hard on him that week. But the next weekend that we went racing, I was like, "Hey, dude, uh, I understand. You know, you were frustrated, <laughs> and uh, you know, and that that shit's gonna happen. And I let you be frustrated, but I, I was like, if you don't fucking drive this week, uh, I like, I'm not gonna help you anymore. You know, so." I was like, you either you. I was like, if I see you driving one handed again, then then I will not show up to the track anymore. You know, I was like, you put both hands on that wheel, and you better you better make it look like you're trying, because I'm trying my ass off. Yeah, I'm trying my ass off back here in the pits for you. You know, I won two Duffies, and your cart was just as good as mine. You know, and I'm an adult, and you're in juniors, so you should have won at least two. (laughs) And y'all are both on Avengers at this time, right? Yeah, we were on Avengers. Yep. Yeah. So, and, uh, and so yeah, were you so, helped? Did you go to Tulsa with him? Uh, no. So I went to Tulsa with Tom. Um, I, I was there, but like not like in his pit, you okay. know, 100%. But, uh, like I was kind of there, kind of bouncing around, uh, between my pit and his a little bit. But, um, they had, you know, we had them on a good program. Like they, they, they didn't need a whole lot of help. Like we were, we pretty much had everything kind of like set up and in a row or whatever for, for that race. And, and, uh, Tom was helping him and Jody was helping him. And, you know, so so we had a lot of help, you know, everybody was kind of teamed up together. Yeah. It's it's pretty cool. You're talking about Brett Moffat racing go-karts because I feel like a lot of people don't really know that. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't race for very long and he wasn't really like a significant figure for very long, just really a, a season. Then he moved up to modifies at the end of that season. So, um, so it worked, it worked out for him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. It definitely worked <laughs> out had, for him. Uh, he, he had money behind him and all that, you know, and, yeah. and that's cool. You know, like, uh, that's what it takes, you know, sometimes yeah, or whatever. So, so, running the Avengers with, with Brett and them, is, is that how it kind of transitioned into as, as Jacob said a couple episodes ago, you know, being soccer mom and driver. Hang on a second. I, I messed up. Oh, you're good. Okay. Can I ask that question again? Yeah. So be, running the Avengers with Brett and them is that when it kind of turned into a, a soccer mom slash driver with the, as Jacob said? Oh, okay. So, um no not really so i ran the avengers with brett and then we actually had a little bit of a falling out at the end of the year um we we split up we had uh like a a misunderstanding so i guess i started racing for some other people like ralph with uncle frank's and uh Mm -hmm. casey skyberg i don't know if you've ever heard of casey skyberg Mm -hmm. he runs uh so he runs modifies, but he, he ran parts for a little while. And he, so I went to a race at the end of 2006. Uh, this was when I was helping Moffat. Um, mm-hmm. Went to a race in here on South Dakota with Uncle Frank's. I had a, I had a friend that raced for Uncle Frank's and he, I think he was getting frustrated with getting beat by me most of the year. And he, he, he kept telling me that like, it was because I was on better equipment, you know, uh, mm-hmm. that, you know, that the Avenger and the rail motors and this and that or whatever was, was why I, I was beating him or whatever. And I'm like, uh, 
okay, whatever, you know? And so he's, <laughs> he kept trying to get me to come and race on the same equipment that he was on, you know? And so we had the chance to go to the uncle Frank shootout in here on South Dakota. And me and him both rode up there with uncle Frank's and, uh, we, we pitted out of the same trailer. We had all the same knowledge and information as each other and riding the same go-kart, same motors and shit like that. And, mm-hmm. and I still won both features. So, <laughs> <laughs> so he was a little butthurt about that, you know? Um, but Casey Skyberg was at the race that day and we, we were at the bar or something, you know, we were just eating, eating dinner after the races and Casey was in the bar and mm-hmm. he's like, uh, he's like, hey man, how, how is it that you are able to just race for whoever you want to? You know, he's like, don't you race for Tom and Eric or whatever? And I was like, no, I race for Dick. You know, like uh, I race for Moffat. So, and I was like, I asked, I asked him, I asked Dick if I could come and uh, and race this race. And he told me that Brett was going to practice in a modified this weekend or whatever. And he said that I was free to do whatever I wanted to. So he's, he, he's like, grab some, some tires out of the trailer and, and, uh, you know, take whatever you need, go racing. And so, yeah, so I went and, and Casey was like, well, he's like, I need a teammate on the asphalt. You know, he's like, I've been getting beat by Tom and Jay, which Tom rail and Jake Hearn were, you know, both really really good asphalt racers uh and they were beating him up you know uh beating up on casey and he just felt like he needed a teammate to in order to compete with you know with teammates on asphalt you need a drafting partner on asphalt you know Um, yeah so he wanted me to be his drafting partner be his teammate and so he asked me if i would do it and i was like well i'll ask dick and and uh dick told me that it was fine one day and i called uh I called Casey up and told him, you know, let's do it. And so Casey went ahead and uh, ordered a body, refreshed a motor, ordered extra tires, you know, made sure that I had the seat that I wanted, everything, you know. Um, And then like two or three days later, Dick called me up and he's like, hey, man, uh," he's like, I don't, he's like, I don't really understand why you'd want to race for, or, you know, race for Casey and run against Tom and Jay or whatever, you know. And he's like, they're kind of your teammates or whatever. And I'm like, hmm. No, Brett's my teammate, you know, and he's like, well, you know, he's like, I don't really, I I don't really want to be in the middle of anything or whatever. So, uh, he's like, if you're going to race for Casey, then, um, just, he's like, make sure you stay over there or whatever. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, pretty much just part ways. Yeah, exactly. You know? And so, uh, and like me and me and Dick are totally fine now. Like, uh, We've we've had conversations since then or whatever, and like it's that was just part of the game. Like he was looking out for his kid, and his kid was obviously way more important to him than me, and I understand that, you know. Um, so he just didn't want to get his kid put into any sort of situation which might cost him, you know. Yeah, and and that's respectable. And uh, but at the same time, like I'd already told Casey that, you know, hey, uh go ahead and spend this money. And he did, he spent a bunch of money on me and I wasn't going to back down at that point. So, uh, so I went and raced, you know, raced with Casey and we did pretty good. We didn't win, but, um, we had fun. We raced together again uh, a few more times after that, you know, cause, uh, I, I ended up losing my ride. Couldn't even finish the rest of the season out with Moffitt. So, yeah. um, yeah. so Casey and Ralph 
helped me uh, get to the last few races of, you know, the series and stuff that I was running. So that's how it started. Um, and I've raced for a ton of people, man. I don't know. That's one of the things you guys want to talk about or are we out of time? How long, how long we oh, got? No, here? Um, no, no, we still got time. Well, we got time. Okay. Okay. So, uh, so you, you, you know, you know, Jacob and Jordan kind got? of touched on it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, Go ahead. What's up? So, so Jacob and Jordan kind of talked about it. How you, you y'all were really tight, and, and you'd bring them all to soccer practice and stuff, and kind of stay with them for a little bit, and, and rode for them a lot. Um, you know, what yeah. was that like? Uh, uh, yeah, we're really actually getting really close to that in the timeline. So, um, I'll I'll just kind of continue here because it's kind of short. But uh, mm -hmm. so after that 2006 season, I retired again. You know, like I <laughs> I was tired of the politics and uh, and you know I was really hurt by like you know, losing Tom, losing Eric, losing Dick and Brett, you know, like those were mm -hmm. like four of the closest people in my life for quite a while there. And, and, uh, and then like, I had no touch with any of them after that. So, so I hung it up again. I decided I was going to go build power lines <laughs> and I quit go-kart racing for, for a while and, uh, went and built power lines, you know, like, you're working all the time doing that traveling and stuff. So there was no time to do anything, but, but work. And, uh, I got about like eight months into it and, and then Casey Skyberg called me and, uh, and wanted me to come back racing. Uh, he's, he was running for Ultramax and Ultramax had sent him a prototype, the, the element prototype. Mm -hmm. And he was loving it. He thought it was a really good cart and he, uh, I don't know, you know, um, I guess they wanted to send him another one, but, uh, their stipulation for sending him another, another cart was that they get me to, or that he gets me to drive it for him. And that's cool. Yeah. So he called me up and he told me that or whatever. And I was like, fuck, yeah, that sounds really good. Yeah. That sounds, <laughs> sounds pretty amazing. I haven't raced in forever. And, and, uh, Yeah, I was like, uh, "What are we doing? You know, what's the plan? What do I got to do?" And he's like, "Well, you just got to show up with your your helmet, you know." And I'm like, "Okay." And he's like, "You uh, you want me to put the seat in it and mount the body and stuff like that?" And I was like, "Hell no!" I was like, "I'll do all that shit when I get there." <laughs> so, cause that's, it's all critical, you know. Like, I don't want anybody mm -hmm. not in my seat. You know, like I yeah. want I want to mount my own seat. You know, I want it just the way I want it, and I want it. Uh, I want the seat sitting in the go kart. I don't want it mounted to the go kart. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Uh, you, if you mount the seat to the go-kart, like you're, you know, if you're trying to fit the bolt into a hole that it doesn't want to go in, then you're going to have problems. Oh, yeah. You know? <clears throat> so, so yeah, I wanted to, I want to make sure that I was doing, uh, doing the seat, doing the body. He did the tires, whatever, you know? Um, so showed up and we won, you know, we won right out of the gate. Mm -hmm. Uh, and we... <laughs> story time here so uh this is this is a good story um so showed up down there we went practice day we went to uh got the go-kart put together put the seat in mounted the body it was raining so we didn't end up getting to practice or whatever so uh, we went to applebee's started drinking <laughs> uh <laughs> started drinking. To say it was applebee's <laughs> yeah oh boy well, we, we got some lunch you know and, and we started drinking or whatever and and i mean these guys holy shit they could drink dude 
God, I don't think I've ever drank so much Bud Light in my life, other than <laughs> I, other than this day. I bet I had twenty Bud Lights, Bud Light Good bottles Lord. or whatever. Oh yeah. my God! I don't know. Yeah, we we were up till like five thirty in the morning. We we closed the strip club down. We drove the we drove his motorhome to the strip club, parked it in the parking lot, set it up, set up camp, dude. We we closed the strip club down. Come out, you know. I mean, we were coming out like every five or ten minutes. It seemed like to drink another beer and take a piss in the parking lot. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so finally, yeah, we closed the place down. We we crash out in the parking lot. It's like nine in the morning. We're late as hell for practice the next day or whatever, and <laughs> and uh, we miss we miss practice like completely. Like we, if you don't go out for the first round, then you're not allowed to go out for the third round. So like we missed round one mm-hmm. and two, and so me and Casey tried to go out for the third round. <laughs> he he made it out onto the track. They black flagged him in like a lap. I'm sitting there in line to go out, you know, on the grid, and they're like, "Nope, you." <laughs> they wouldn't even <laughs> let me go. Couldn't even go out, dude. So didn't get any practice. Go out and set pole and win the race. Oh, <laughs> No practice. Wait, wait, so time out never, never been on. So time out. This is th- this story is lining up all too good for November. What was it, Alex? November eighth, twenty twenty two. Third, third or something. Oh, yeah, it seems, yeah. seems yeah. pretty similar. Yeah, it seems very similar there, Eddie. Yeah, well, I got a lot of similar stories if you want to know the truth. <laughs> I'm kind so, of an idiot when it comes to the night before racing. So, yeah, so we got we got Adam's side of the story. But uh I feel like we need we need your side of the uh Mojave, the Mojave trip. trip. And we need oh, the your trip. we need your trip advisor rating for the state of Louisiana. Oh, well, I would rate it a 10, man. I had a fucking phenomenal time. I think we were in uh I think we were in Arkansas at the casino though, but uh but either way, like we went down and that was my first time racing in Louisiana uh mm-hmm. ever. So um yeah, I'd rate it a 10, man, like the whole the whole experience, but uh shoot, we loaded up. You know, we had everything in the back of my truck and I just got a short bed uh 3/4 ton and we had the go-kart uh, probably 20 sets of tires, uh, between, you know, tire boxes and underneath the tonneau cover. Uh, we had a, we had a double sided hot box strapped to the tailgate with the, <laughs> yeah. with the cart stand and, and just everything and oil and, and tools and, and, <laughs> oh my God, man, we had, we had, we had everything we needed, you know, canopy, air compressor, generators, like we, you know, we had, we had it all. Uh, except for the trailer, we had everything but the trailer. <laughs> but you know what? We got like 15 miles a gallon compared to seven or whatever. So, so it was worth. Uh, it was worth it. We get uh, we get down the road a ways, you know, and like I drove for a while, and uh, and ended up. Uh, I'm like, fuck it, I'm I'm gonna start drinking. So I started drinking and let Zach drive, and so by the time we get to the hotel in. I don't know. I think we were a little ways out of Little Rock or whatever. I was pretty drunk. And it don't take me long. Like, I make some kind of strong. So, <laughs> so yeah, I'm feeling good. We get to the room. Uh, it's going to start raining. So, we got we had to unload the truck, uh, get the hot box, the tires, like, everything except for, you know, what would fit underneath the tonneau cover. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, 
out of the truck and we brought it into the room. So we got all this shit in the in the hotel room. <laughs> Luckily, it was one of those, you know, there's a room that had like the door right. We parked like two feet away from the door. You know what I mean? So, yeah, uh, just loading stuff right into the room and got everything loaded in. We're taking pictures and kind of having fun. And it's like Adam's like, there's a casino like two miles away. And I'm like, well, you know, we're going to that. So I bet I bet it's one thirty in the morning at this time, you know. So it's one thirty, and we're like, we gotta go to the casino. And uh, so Zach's like, I'm not going. He goes to bed. Me and Adam go. We show up there. We're like, we walk up to the bar. We want two double tall Red Bull vodkas. Uh, the lady's like five fifty. We're like, uh, no, we wanted two. You know, and she's like, yeah, yeah, five fifty. We look at what? each other and we're like. Yeah, we're like, what the hell? Were you using like, like bottom of the well, like bottom I, tier vodka or what? I don't know if they were like, you know, <laughs> making their own Red Bull or what, you know. But it, it was crazy. Like me and Adam look at each other and we're like, they're practically paying us to drink. You know? <laughs> so, so yeah, so we start drinking and then we start gambling and then we start, you know, we're losing money and whatever and i mean we're just getting drink after drink after drink i bet we spent like i don't even know we spent like 60 bucks on drinks at five dollars and 50 cents for two (laughs) (laughs) and uh, um, we lost like hundreds of dollars gambling i bet we lost two grand between the two of us uh just to let you know (laughs) (laughs) that dude's wild Uh, so but anyway like we're sitting there playing cards or whatever, and we look up, we look at the time, it's like 4.30, and and we look at the dealer, and we're like, uh, when do you guys cut off drinking, you know? And the dealer looks at us like we're idiots. She's like, we don't cut you off, you know? <laughs> and we look at each other like, fuck, this is dangerous. Like, we need, to, we need to get the, we need to get on the road. We need to get out of here. We need to get back to the hotel room. So, so we go and get a couple more drinks. And... <laughs> And, you know, then, I don't know, I think then we went and got, like, some chicken strips and shit. And we get back to the room, it's almost six in the morning. I think Zach was waking up as we were walking into the rooms, or into the room. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> me and Adam, you know, we don't give a shit. We we share a bed. You know, like, just, we get <laughs> drunk enough out. to just pass out. Yeah, just pass out. We don't even know each other's there. And so we pass out for like an hour, hour and a half or whatever. And Zach finally is like, we got to get going, guys. And, and he wakes us up. Adam's immediately hungover. You know, I don't know why, but I wake up and I'm, I'm still so drunk, you know, and I'm, I'm feeling good. You know, we get in the truck and, and Adam is, uh, he is hating life. He's got a headache and he's feeling sick. And, and I'm sitting in the back seat like singing and being all loud and shit. And I'm fucking with him, you know, and, and uh next thing you know he's like he's screaming at me telling me to shut up and shit and and i don't know if you've ever told a drunk person to shut up but (laughs) it gets louder (laughs) there's usually not a lot of success there so next thing you know we're pulling over he's puking on the side of the road i'm making fun of him uh we get to uh walmart and so me and zach go in and i get i get us a couple bottles of pedialyte and stuff and and I'm like, let's get, let's, let's get out of pinata. And so <laughs> I tried to get him a pinata and Zach talked me out of that. 
So uh ended up getting him a Hello Kitty balloon and <laughs> and a Pedialyte and come back to the truck and he's sleeping, you know, he's passed out and so I, I tuck tuck that balloon down in his arms or whatever and, and give him his Pedialyte <laughs> and shit and he's he's just sitting back there like passed out and got that fucking balloon. <laughs> Uh, we made it to the feeling better. And oh, wait, hold, Eddie, you cut out. Oh, uh, between rinses, at the wash tires and working on the cart. Am I? Am, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, you cut out for a second. Yeah, you, you uh, cut out from when like it started when you said y'all got to the track. Okay, so we got to the track. And, uh, yeah, so Adam is, uh, starting to feel better, you know, mm -hmm. and we go out for, for practice and whatever, and he's still kind of feeling like shit. But so like after practice, uh, he starts feeling better and I'm starting to feel like shit, you know? So, <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I'm getting, <laughs> I pretty much was like, Hey guys, you know, like I, I can't do this. Fun's I'm over. Exhausted. I'm <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, um, I need some rest, you know, otherwise I'm not going to be able to perform. So I'm getting in the, in the truck in between, like every time I'm going out on the track, I'm like, you guys wash tires and change gear and change oil. You, there's two of you guys, you can handle it, you know? Yeah. And so I'm getting in the truck and literally just sleeping between, and they, and they were coming to get me like five minutes before each race. And I'd go out there and, and do a couple laps and come back to the pit and just get back in the truck. <laughs> I was in such bad shape, but, uh, we ended up sitting on two poles and, uh, and I stepped on my, you know, my guy yeah. for, uh, <laughs> for a couple of those features. We definitely should have won one, I think. Uh, you know, uh, we battled with Dobson and Ice, and, and those guys are phenomenal. You know, we uh, we had some really good battles, like good clean racing and, and dicing it up for the win and, and just about every class. I think Dobson kind of – he stomped us in the first one. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was a ton of fun racing with those guys. I've never really got to dice it up with them. I, didn't, I don't know them, and – uh yeah i mean it was it was cool to to get to know them you know not really like get to know them know them but like their racing style and uh yeah. you know the fact that they're really good clean racers and and uh, it was just a ton of fun man you know even hung over heard, and feeling like shit it was good i heard there one point at the grid uh the hello kitty balloon was returned it was yeah he was putting it <laughs> He's putting it with me. He's like, here, you can have this. Because he knew how how bad I was feeling. You know, he knew that I felt exactly like he did eight hours before that or whatever. I don't know why. It, took, <laughs> it was so long for my hangover to kick in. Because we drank the same, you know. Like, I don't I don't really get it. But I don't, maybe I just yeah. got a higher tolerance for hangovers. So, for all the things you've seen in racing, um, what, what's uh, what's your favorite thing about the sport? Um, my favorite thing about the sport is just, uh, winning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it's a pretty good uh, thing to like. No, nah, I mean the competition, like the, how hard it makes you work at things, you know, like, uh, it's never easy, you know, uh, it's, it's just a good, it's a good thing for people. Like it, it drives mm -hmm. you and it makes you, it makes you learn. It makes you get better. Uh, you know, it makes you get out of your comfort zone sometimes. Like you are not going to get better unless you talk to people. You know, there's yeah. there's really just no way to understand go karting 
without getting information from people, you know? Um, and that's Mm why, like, we won some races, uh, in my first, what, um, 15 years of racing, you know, but I didn't really start winning races until I started to actually talk to the right people, you know, which, which would be Tom and, uh, you know, and people like that, that just have a, just a ton of knowledge, Waller, Chad Waller, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, Ralph, Ralph, um, these people, um, you know, and I'll, I'll even say, uh, Garrett Swigert, like me and him were good buddies back in the day and we used to bounce stuff off each other quite a bit. He's the, he's the guy that wanted, he raced for uncle Frank's or whatever and wanted me to mm-hmm. come race against him so that I could beat him or whatever. But it was, oh, that, it was fun. I remember his name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 I don't, I don't really want to bring him up too much though. So. Gotcha. <laughs> Yeah. But anyway, yeah, he was good. He was a good driver and, and me and him got along really good for a while. And, and, uh, but I learned from him, you know, uh, I learned from all my competitors, Mikey, Mikey, uh, God, I've learned so much from Mikey, you know, uh, Mikey's a, he's a networking person. You know, he definitely talks to, uh, a lot of people. He's got a lot of good connections and, and, uh, he's kind of always had that. Um, but he's also, He's very, very smart, and he has a ton of his own, you know, uh, information and and just little secrets and stuff like that 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 he's picked up and learned on on you know from racing on his own throughout the years. And uh, he's always been an open book to me. Like if I'm struggling, you know, uh, Mikey always is one of the first people to make sure that you know that I'm not struggling. He's always he's always there to come and help and and uh you know give give whatever information you can you know and and i and i try to do the same thing with him like uh i love the guy i love racing with him and uh you know he's one of the cleanest racers out there and uh me and him have had so many epic battles for the win and we never wreck each other you know we have we've gotten we've tangled a little bit but it's never intentional it's always like racing incidents and stuff like that you know so yeah it uh shit happens but uh it's always fun and always respectable man it's you know some of my best memories are racing with mikey for sure most definitely so now it's time for the opposite of that question and what is something that you'd like to see changed uh well so i want to see bigger car counts you know um like uh my uh side of the sport i guess is shrinking you know like uh it's from what I from what I was doing, you know, early on in my career to what we're doing now. Like it just seems like a lot of these these bigger races, these pro races and stuff like that. Some of the ones in the south are are phenomenal. They have huge car counts and and as tough as ever, you know. And that's great. That's what that's uh, that's what it's all about. You know, that's what you want when you're going to race on the pro level. You want to go race against the best, and you want to be tested, and you want to you want to beat the best because that's what feels good. You know, mm-hmm. uh, beating, you know, beating certain people or whatever is not necessarily rewarding. So, yeah, uh, yeah, you want to beat these guys that are that are tough. And uh, and I think, you know, what's happening now, especially in the Midwest, is just the, the car counts have been just getting smaller and smaller, like less and less people are on the pro level. And mm-hmm. I think that that stems from, you know, there for a while. Uh, there was less and less people on the local level. Like the local level was almost non-existent there for a little while. Yeah. Um, but you see it now 
where it seems to be coming around a little bit more. Uh, I think that, um, you know, the pro, the pro stuff, the money stuff kind of got out of hand. And I think that the local tracks kind of like tried to follow that for a little bit where they were, uh, trying to pay more money and they were raising entry fees and pit passes and this and that or whatever, all the fees went up and, and really, you know, when you have that sort of racing, when you're paying out, uh, only a few people win, you know, only a few Mm -hmm. people are getting, getting the reward from, from all that money, you know? And it's the same people week in, week out, you know, yeah. the people with the money are winning the money, you know, because so, they're going to go to where the money's at. Yeah. And, you know, so I think that like the direction that a lot of the local tracks have gone is low entry fees, low payouts, and uh, just trying to keep costs down for everybody, trying to keep things light, keep it fun. You know, and I think that that is honestly the best thing for the sport. And that is where you're going to produce your pro racers. You know, mm-hmm. you can't just you're you're not going to shit out pro racers. You know, they have yeah. to start somewhere. So and if they don't have a good, uh, fun, light environment to start in, then it's going to get discouraging really fast and people aren't going to do it very long. And I think that that's kind of that's the cycle we're in right now, you know, uh, is we've we've lost a lot of those guys that uh that potentially could have you know could have been pro racers at some point but they they got discouraged right away because uh you know there was guys coming to the local races or whatever and coming winning the money and stuff like that and not that that doesn't help because i've done that too like i go you know i go to newton every once in a while and i go and uh and three years ago and they're the only race that we lost was uh the right rear slid in I think the last time mm-hmm. that I went there, right rear hub slid in on a go-kart that wasn't mine. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, you know, the wheels started rubbing the frame and we lost the race. We, we DNF'd or whatever. Debated. We probably would have, yeah. we probably would have won that one too, to be honest with you. But, but like <laughs> those guys that we were racing against got considerably better though. Yeah. You know, um, and I don't know, you know, I'm sure that they would have gotten better anyways, but like when you go and you race against, yourself or if you're if you're winning even on the local level you know if you're winning you're not really pushing yourself to get better you know you're just kind of mm-hmm. doing whatever whatever you're doing to keep winning you know but if somebody comes in there and cleans your clock then you're gonna you're gonna try to figure some more things out you know so and i didn't go there every weekend or anything like that and i didn't go to, to try to like beat up on them or anything that wasn't my intention it's like i wanted to go and race on a good racetrack and try to like learn some things and you know but i think it was good for everybody uh yeah because yeah some of these guys or whatever uh like gable tunic um you know he won he won the semi-pro classes at uh at newton when the maxis show or max daddy came there last year you know he won he won in the semi-pro you know and like uh he's a good kid he's a good driver um and you know i feel like going there and putting the pressure on him and his dad to to uh you know try to keep up was was beneficial for them you know as much as they hated it <laughs> yeah nobody likes yeah but but i i still think that they respect it you know they're they're not you know they're not bad people they 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 love the sport they love the competition and uh yeah i really feel like gable uh you know became a lot better you know he's a he's you know and you know i i try to race respectful and stuff and i hope that that rubs off on people and i think that he's uh he's a good respectable driver too most of the time so 
Yeah, and I, I think it I think it makes a huge difference when uh, you know, guys like you who who can compete in the in the big big races uh come down and don't just try and, you know, undermine people and, and even on the racetrack, you know, bully them, get it, you know, punt them out of the way or anything like that. I think that really leaves a big mark on them to say that, you know, one day we can get to this point and we don't, you know, we can still be respectful and stuff like that, you know? Absolutely. You know, and, and honestly, you know, like, I don't care how much faster you are than somebody, you know, you won't always be that much faster than them. You won't. Uh, um, So like bullying people out of the way and stuff like that. And I, and there's some people which I could name drop that I'm not going to, (laughs) that, uh, you know, kind of bullied me out of the way for a few seasons there, like, uh, 2018, 2019, I sucked. You know, I, uh, I won like two races between those two seasons. You know, last year we won 34 races. Mm -hmm. Uh, so to win two, two features in two seasons, I mean, that was, that was tough. Like that, uh, that struggle bus to the max. (laughs) Yeah. But you know, but I, I was getting bullied by some people that like, uh, you know, that I'd really never raced with before. They were young Mm -hmm. kids and, uh, you know, they were faster than me and they would just knock me out of the way and whatever, you know, and, and go on about it. And I tried to tell them, I'm like, listen, you know, one of these days I'm going to be as fast or faster than you and you are going to get the same treatment, you know? So, you know, I was like, you better stop now or you're not going to like it. And they didn't stop, you know, they kept doing it. And, uh, so once about 2020, I got my shit figured out and guess, guess what? Them boys got (laughs) everything they deserved and then some. Oh yeah. Yeah. And they did not like it and they don't race anymore. put them into retirement huh (laughs) i did you know i did i'll take credit for it i don't care you know and i and i'll straight up say that i bullied them out of the sport and i'll do it again because they bullied me so much that they had it coming uh you know i don't race people uh you know dirty just willy-nilly like you know like yeah yeah, you know i i want to race everybody with a ton of respect especially if like they have never disrespected me like i you know i feel like they deserve all the respect in the world and you know as long as they respect me back like we're gonna have a great time we're gonna have great races winner you know win or lose whoever wins comes out on top like it's it's your day or my day you know like let's mm-hmm. let's settle it like that and, let, and let's not knock each other out of the way or knock each other out of the race and you know uh, that's huge to me you know my parents always kind of preach that to be a good sport and a good driver you know good clean good clean driver i owe my parents a ton when it comes to sportsmanship and all the rides that i've had and stuff you know like uh uh you know people don't want um bad representatives in their equipment and stuff you know so Most uh, yeah so like i i definitely owe uh a lot of the you know a lot of the opportunities that i've had to my mom and dad mm-hmm. uh, for just you know pointing out like things when i was a kid like hey you know, hey, don't don't act like that guy or whatever. You know, the guy that's throwing a fit, throwing his helmet, throwing his gloves, or or yelling and screaming, or causing fights and and stuff like that. You know, like these, you, you kind of see what uh, you know how he looks. Does he look like he's, you know, what's he look like to you? And it's like, well, he looks like a jackass. <laughs> so yeah, uh, so yeah, so um, they pointed that out to me early in my career, and that was that was huge, huge to me. So mm-hmm. I yeah. I thank them a ton for for good sportsmanship and stuff, you know. I wish we had more 
more drivers like that now. I mean, I got the sport <clears throat> back in 2010, and I feel like and it, it was it was junior years. I mean, it was junior two, junior three, but I still feel like you know I got back in the cart last year, and just driving between then and now, even watching people. The uh, the amount of respect that people drive with now is almost non-existent compared to what it was back then. So it's almost like, how do you drive, you know, clean and and <clears throat> I mean I know you still got to figure it out because it's a uh, it's a skill. But I just wish more guys would realize that there's more skill in driving clean and and respectable than there is in booting people out the way and chopping noses and whatnot. Yeah, it's it's a little out of hand, man, and especially. You know, in the South, I think it's a little bit worse than it is up here. You guys just have, you guys have so many more racers and stuff, you know, and you guys have to, uh, you have to compete against so many more people week in and week out that it's hard to gain uh, a lot of respect for, for individual drivers and stuff like that, you know, and, and I yeah. think that people, yeah. you know, that if they don't know you, they're just, they're quick to just knock you out of the way, you know, just like right. use you up, like you're in my way. I need to move on, you know, mm -hmm. and I, it happens, you know, it's, it's, uh, you see, it's, you see it a ton, but it's, it is frustrating, man. You know, like, uh, it would be nice to, to have a uh, good clean racing for sure. 100% of the time, but I don't think you'll ever have that, but, uh, oh. uh, it, it would be nice to see it clean up a little bit for sure. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's pretty out of control. Most yeah. definitely. Uh, 100%. I guess uh, I guess we'll wrap it up on this. Um, you know, y'all went down to Cedar Lake a couple weeks ago and y'all cleaned it up pretty dang good. Um, you know, y'all been racing the Max Million Series pretty religiously. But what are some other big races circled for the schedule this year? Uh, the Maxis Series, the Midwest Maxis Series, is is uh, definitely probably our our biggest races now i mean the the max a million is almost over at this point i think i think we're skipping talladega here coming up adam's going on yeah a adam's gonna cruise yeah yeah he's uh he's something <laughs> the b the b main uh, bandit's not gonna be here this year i know i want to go really bad you know? <laughs> like i, I was kind of really looking forward to the talladega race because that's a really cool racetrack it's fun it's fast you know uh it's it's um it's difficult. Like you don't know, you don't know what to do there. Like you don't know if you're prepping or not prepping or, or if it's going to bite up or be slick or what, you know, uh, you just kind of never know. It's, uh, every time we've been there, it's been a little bit different, but it's super fun. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I was looking forward to that. We're not coming to that. I don't think we're coming to Beaver Creek either, to be honest with you. Um, really? I think, yeah. We've got some other races that are kind of right around the same time. And, and we've kind of gotten our asses kicked at the, at the Maximilian series for the most part. So we're, we're trying to stick, <laughs> stick to stuff we know. And, uh, Adam's SD20 trying to SD 20. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Honestly. Yeah. That's what, that's the best luck we've had at, you know, most of the Alabama tracks is just using SD 20, you know, like keeping, just stay away from the chemical, you know, but, uh, yeah, I think we're going to stick to Midwest stuff. Um, uh, try to try to you know not really like build adam's business or whatever but like but you know we're we're trying to help customers and things like that and we definitely want to help customers win on you know tracks that we know and and things like that so um 
yeah so adam's renting some rides and stuff for for the maxis midwest deal and you know me and him are going to team up and try to help some juniors and try to get some wins and stuff but uh we're we're gonna take a little break from the down south stuff um my bad am i back no, no, yeah, oh, yeah, back. yeah. I think you were saying something about Batesville. Yeah. Okay, so Batesville. Yeah, Batesville's on the schedule for this year. Um, mm -hmm. We're going back. Last year was last year was the first time that I had ever been to Batesville. So, really? uh, yeah. So we, I came away with three slot machines, and huh. you know, I I didn't expect to even win one. You know, I thought that uh, I I I've been intimidated by Batesville my entire life. That's why I've never been. You know, and I'm like, there's no way that I'm gonna go down there and catch these guys that uh, that have 20 years of experience there. You know, yeah. and um, just it's just not my level. But you know, going down there with Adam, Adam had been there before. You know, so uh, he had experience. He he had some knowledge and stuff like that. And I and I felt comfortable. You know, uh, going down with him, I thought you know. We, we can go win. Adam's got experience here, and and he knows what he's doing. We can go. And we had a big team of some really good drivers. I mean, Sean O'Neill uh, was a phenomenal <laughs> teammate. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, you guys uh, you guys sicker a little bit, but, you know, Sean is a – he's a great no, driver. No, no. Like, he can no, wheel Sean's the shit awesome. out of a go-kart. Yeah. Sean he can is. drive the hell he out really of a go-kart. Awesome. It's just the events that happen that week. Yes. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I understand. And Sean, he's a – He's a loose cannon, man. You know, uh, yeah, but that's but he he can he can be out of a go kart a, for what's that? Is I mean, is that a good quality or a bad quality? You know, but yeah, he yeah. he can be out of a cart for a year and jump in there and uh, and win and, and just, just like win. he never left. Yeah, never yeah. left, dude. He outqualified me in every class. I drove like a cob in qualifying, <laughs> and I kept coming. Adam's like Adam's like, what do we need to do? And I'm like, I need to drive better. You know, bottom line, I need to I need to drive it better. Like the go kart has what it takes. Like I just need to throw it into the corner right, you know. And yeah. and I'm like, obviously, you know, Sean's qualifying up front, and I'm qualifying mediocre or whatever. So now, was it you or was it him that was on the purple cart? Uh, Sean was on the purple cart down there. Yeah. I was riding. I rode the same same cart. I rode a big tube fanatic down there the whole weekend. Uh, he had. Sean was running the purple cart and super heavy stuff, and then he had a small tube uh, fanatic for all of the lighter stuff. So we were on fanatics yeah, for the for the most part. But man, I really like that small tube fanatic. That thing is a that's a good go kart. Um, for sure. And shoot, I've had a lot of good go karts, but yeah, that's kind of that might be my favorite card at the at the moment. The purple cart's pretty phenomenal too, but we're not supposed to be riding that. <laughs> Yeah, apparently it's retired. Uh, I'm sure you're gonna see more of it. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully it's 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 a uh, it's like one of the seven mysteries of the world. Well, we don't have enough go karts to uh, <laughs> to put everybody on on fanatics or whatever, so we kind of have to resort to what we have sometimes. And yeah, and that's uh, yeah. if we're not gonna be on fanatics, we're gonna, uh, you know, we're gonna ride gonna that thing. Yes, so. Although, you know, I I will give a shout out to Charger. I you know, I can't hold anything against Charger. Um they've helped me for years. Uh my my own personal cart that I have now is still a Charger. I don't own a Fanatic. You know, Adam Adam owns a Fanatic. My buddy Carl owns a Fanatic. Um and they'll let me ride theirs or whatever, but uh my cart which which isn't even mine. It's it belongs to Charger. Uh <laughs> 
I still ride chargers, you know, that's what I was riding at the max daddy last year and everything, you know, and, and those guys have always been good to me. They, you know, uh, they've been sponsoring me since 2013, you know, and, and I got to give a shout out to my, to my man, G man, you know, mm-hmm. he, he got me hooked up with boomer a long time ago. And, uh, and I think he helped boomer when boomer was younger and, and getting into the carding stuff, you know, and, and then, uh, you know, G man started helping me and, and he got me and Boomer kind of hooked up together. And, and I think that, you know, one of his things, uh, his, one of his wishes basically to Boomer was that, that Boomer, you know, helped me out, uh, with, with the carding stuff, with chassis stuff, um, since G man was no longer able to, you know, so I think Boomer was, was happy to, you know, fill that role for him. So, uh, we've had a, we've had a ton of good success together and, and yeah, I really want to, you know, say thank you to all the guys at, at Charger, Josh and, and Boomer and those guys for, for everything they've done for me. And, and I still think that they have a phenomenal product and piece out there too. So, uh, as much as I'm in love with the fanatic right now, you know, the, the Charger guys are, they're, they're on their game and they're on the same level, you know, so. Most definitely. Well, I what? have one question non-racing related to ask you that I've been asked to ask every guest so far, and I have not. If you could choose one meal to eat for the rest of your life, what would it be? One meal? Yes. Oh, probably just cheeseburgers, man. I just eat a burger every day. <laughs> that's, a, that's a solid answer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's plenty of places to get a burger from, and I guess you'd still have variety, right? Absolutely, yeah, but a lot of variants. So. Yeah, so, but yeah, I'm uh, I'm uh, 100% American, bud. You know, not really. But <laughs> I think everybody's, <laughs> I think everybody's a little bit of something else. But, uh, but yeah, American cheeseburger, man. All the cheeseburgers, chicken strips. Yeah, they're okay, but not on race day. No chicken. <laughs> yeah, no, no chicken or green. No, nope, if you're eating chicken, get out of my pit area. You <laughs> <Yeah>. can <laughs> go eat that but, somewhere else. But Eddie, man, we really appreciate you coming on and uh, having to take some time. Uh, this has been a blast, guys. Yeah, I appreciate really... it. Very good storyteller, man. Okay. Yeah. Well, cool. Yeah, I, I got a ton more stories. I wish I could have told them all. I think we're <laughs> yeah. at time. But... <laughs> Bracers but, have yeah, the best uh, stories. Yeah, we we do. We have some fun times, man. There, like I have an endless list of stories that, like we, uh, and it's mostly like you know after after the races, before the races, getting to the races, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the journey. Back, exactly. Yeah, you know, getting getting rained out. Some of the best stories are getting rained out, and you know, spending <laughs> time with your with your buddies in the hotels and stuff. You know, uh, shit. We ratchet strapped uh, a hotel room door closed one time to the railing outside of it or whatever and then we called uh we called their room and told them that their truck was getting towed and they couldn't fucking get out <laughs> nice they, they bent oh the God. shit out of the railing like they had their feet on the wall trying to rip this door open they could not figure out and there was like a little old lady that was standing outside the door at the time she couldn't figure out how to get past the ratchet strap so she was like just standing there looking at it and they're wrenching on the door and they're looking out the window and they're like Man, this fucking little old lady's holding the door closed. <laughs> they couldn't fucking believe it. <laughs> oh man. So, uh yeah, we got it's 
it's stuff like that that makes the sport like what it is uh, you know that makes it as fun as it is and and uh yeah and shoot that was 25 years ago oh yeah you know? shit so, <laughs> yeah there's yeah. been a few stories in between those yeah oh my god so, <laughs> but so yeah dude i'd love to do this again sometime if you guys ever yeah man yeah do it again definitely yeah, we'll go, we'll go through all the stories. So, yeah, we'll do do, well, a, think, do a story time part two. I think uh, awesome. I think the podcast might be hitting the road for Batesville this year. So, sweet, that'll be great. Yeah, we'll definitely yeah, we got, be there. We we definitely have plans to be there. So, awesome. so we'll call you over to the trailer and uh, get you on the mic, man. Yep. Hell yeah. Bring a handle of vodka. We'll have the Red Bull. Yeah, I'll definitely <laughs> be mixing a drink before it. Yeah, I had to I had to make a little drink before this. So otherwise, I'm. <laughs> I'm a little shy, I guess. Yeah. So, but this has been awesome. I think what you guys are doing is, uh, is, is incredible. You know, this, this whole deal has been good for, for the whole sport for sure. You know, uh, you know, I think everybody that comes on here, they try to get everybody that, that they can to listen to it, whether they're into go-karting or, or just, you know, friends or family or whatever, you know, but, uh, really bring, brings a good, light to the sport and and i appreciate you guys yeah man oh, thank you we appreciate that appreciate you as well yeah thanks a lot guys so we'll see you at the track man yep all right have a good care. so an exciting new series is coming boys this is exactly what we needed to grow the carding scene in the deep south the tri-state bash will cover louisiana texas and mississippi in order to be eligible for the championship race in West Monroe, Louisiana on the weekend of October 28th, you must compete in two races during the regular season. All class champions receive a custom championship jacket. For more information, you can check them out on Facebook at LEK Promotions. Man, Eddie killed it. That was uh that was an awesome ep- that was that was an awesome interview. Definitely <laughs> definitely a good really good guy. Yeah, it's really funny how uh, I don't know if y'all listened to Dale Jr. download last week. He was saying how, uh, what's his name? Robbie Riser, Ryan, whatever. I can't think of his name. Matt Kansas, crew chief. Yeah. What's, well, he was like, man, he did all the work for us, you know? Uh, that that mm-hmm. makes my job easier. And I feel like Eddie was the same way, man. Yeah. Most definitely. He, uh, he definitely made it easy on us tonight with all the storytelling and we just kind of got to sit back and enjoy it and listen. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, that uh, casino story was pretty great. <laughs> yeah, and and the crazy part is we didn't even get to get to half the stories really. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I definitely look forward to uh, having him back on so we can we can dive a little bit deeper into those stories that he was talking about that he didn't get to bring up. Absolutely. But um, so, we are starting our iRacing League next Tuesday night, so anybody. We'll be making a post with the uh, Discord link in it. Uh, we'll be racing Xfinity cars. Seventeen race season Tuesday, gets Tuesdays. Are we going what sixty percent race length or what? Fifty, fifty. We're gonna go fifty. Okay. Fifty uh, percent race uh, length. Damage is on. Two fast repairs. Two sets of tires. And we're at applicable. We're at like you know. Yeah. So if yeah. if if fifty percent seems like not enough, we're gonna have to bump those laps. It, it will play it by ear. We'll make yeah, we'll, it worth your time, and you know, we'll start at seven o'clock. Know. Seven o'clock central. Oof. That's gonna suck. That's eight p.m. for you. Yeah. 
Especially when I'm typically in bed by now. Yeah, it's already (laughs) nine o'clock. So it's ten o'clock here. So bring another guest to you guys. No, I can't. I'll be in Odessa. I'm in Odessa. I know you're not going to get on tonight, but. I do. I do. Work at six a.m. I'm not getting on. I I do want to say that we are working on something very special for the one-year episode on Memorial Day weekend. Two weekends away. Two weeks away. Two weeks away. So be on the lookout for that. We're trying to get something really, really special for you guys, and we're gonna have to to, like recap and look back on our past year and the growth of this. Most definitely. So we'll uh, we have another guest coming up for you guys next week. Uh, thank y'all for listening. That's gonna that, that, that might have to be like a a three parter. Maybe I don't know. We'll figure it out. Yeah. But uh, thank you guys for all the support so far, and, and we really appreciate it. Without you guys, we would just be uh, we talking to microphones and, and uploading it for nobody here. So we really appreciate y'all you listening, and uh, we'll be back with another episode next Ex- week, guys. Especially that guy. Who commented on our post today? Yeah, he really liked the show and our guests. So, shout out to you. I'm not sure. Let me let me go get it. Let me go grab his name. Let me go grab his name. I don't know. It's J A R R R J A H. Yeah, J R O or J A R show. Appreciate you, man. We love hearing stuff like that from our listeners. So yeah, appreciate you. Same thing as uh, you know, you, Dane. Appreciate it, both. So, later, y'all. We'll uh, catch y'all guys later. Better, guys. Y'all take it easy.